Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I hope you're safe. I hope you're healthy, because I have a really good interview for you to listen to today. So just sit back and get ready to laugh and get ready for some really good stories with set decorator Don Deers. Um, let me get to what I've been watching all week, because once again, I have dived into Perry Mason. I waited a couple weeks to get into it so I'd have a couple. Uh, it's fantastic. Set decorator Helena Swallop is, it's impeccable. I mean, the set decorating for this and uh, the buyers that she had on who helped with this, one who has been on this podcast, Ethan Goodwin, him and I have talked about it. And the research and the amount of detail that they put into these period sets, just fantastic. And I love the story. It's a little hard to watch. It's, uh, uh, but it's a really, it's really good. Like, I just wish, <laughs> just wish I had the whole thing. I would have been done it by now. I probably would have polished that off in like two days. It's so good. Uh, big fan. I watched The Goldfinch, the film. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And I had read the book a couple years ago, and I didn't really love the book, but I thought I'd give the film a try, and I, I liked it better, I think. Maybe because it was more condensed, wasn't as sad about this boy whose mother is killed in an explosion of a New York City Museum, and um, just his life that follows those events. It's, um, it was, I don't know, uh, it, I think Nicole Kidman, I guess it's a co-op apartment, is really beautifully done. And uh, funny enough, the kid uh, moves to Vegas at one point, and I feel like they captured Vegas pretty well, too, in the set dressing. So um, that was good. I watched the documentary called Becoming Mike Nichols, which is just him being interviewed, him talking about his early career um, being a comedian. And then he mostly talks about The Graduate and his process in making that film. And... And I just keep going back to these documentaries about older films that were made. And it makes me, again, it doesn't make me, it inspires me. I just love seeing all of these old films and being inspired of, yes, this is what I want to do. This is why I love what I do. And so that was, a that also is on Amazon Prime. And also I on Amazon Prime, I watched a documentary about Slim Aarons, who is a photographer I think he started in the 50s and 60s. It's just about how he became a photographer and his subject matters. He has these pictorial books, like uh, the one is called A Wonderful Time. And it just captures this preppy, sort of waspy period in America of these perfect compositions of like architecture and people and style and pattern and really beautiful photographs. And, um, if you have an extra $1,800, there's one on Amazon right now that you could buy. So his books are pretty legendary. 
So yeah. On this episode, I speak with set decorator Don Deers, whose passion for details in his sets and specific character pieces that he includes are so wonderful to discover when you watch his work. Uh, I'm always blown away. Starting in film as an art director, he quickly discovered his passion for creating the characters in dressing and switched paths to being a set decorator. He's created memorable sets on films like the picture-perfect Down With Love, the college campus world of community, and even decorating the Muppets for late night TV on their show a couple years ago, which he won uh, and his team an ADG award for. He currently has the second season of Showtime's Kidding under his belt, and these sets are not to be missed. An incredible amount of detail and love were put into these sets, and you can see it. In this interview, we talk about a particular set of kidding where the whole set was changed over while the camera pans from one side of the room to the other. I think there's like five different versions of this room and it is truly amazing to watch because they had the insight to put a camera above the set so you are looking down on the set as it's being changed over in real time. It's a miraculous dance of set dressers and camera people and and actors and just I you, you really got to see it to believe it I'm gonna link it um, in this blog post for this episode I also made a clip using Don set photos of the hero sets of kidding which I hope you'll watch before you cast your Emmy vote just saying you can catch that on the decorating pages on the watch page and the Decorating Pages podcast YouTube channel, which I know you subscribe to. I know you did it already. It's cool. It's cool, right? Um, Don also has his sets and also some amazing artwork on his Instagram feed. He's huge into Instagram. The name is Big Ideas. Get it? Big Ideas, which I didn't get at the time until he told me, but now I think it's super cute. Big I, and then his last name, D-I-E-R-S, Big Ideas wonderful wonderful art on there you could deep dive into that for hours so I hope you enjoy creative somebody pays me every day of the week to spend their money That's to make crazy. beautiful environments or not so beautiful environments yes. like how lucky is that I mean yeah. and yeah I love it I do I think you know I who knew you'd fall into something like this how did you fall into this well I didn't <laughs> I mean I, I directed myself in a way yeah um, I come from a creative family a very hands-on family my father's a um, was a a contractor carpenter so it was my father my brothers and my uncle in Deer's construction so I grew up in the, the building trade where at Northern California okay. in a town called San Ramon and my dad employed us and you know every day my father remodeled people's homes so during weekends or when I wasn't in school or for two years when I was between college after I got accepted to UCLA I worked for dad until to make money to go to UCLA and uh, it was strange because, and I've reflected on this later, is that part of the um, 
part of my early realization that um, not everybody lives the same was by going to all these doctors and lawyers' houses that my father oh, worked on their homes, right? And also maybe some not so rich people too, but it was a chance to look at people's houses as like a um, fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. You know, because I'm, and even at that age, my mother was very much like a decorator. It's like when we scout. Yeah. It's <laughs> like when you scout and you're like making instant judgments and you're like, I have to shoot that bathroom. Yes. That's genius, yes. right? Yes. So many choices you right. made. Yes. But who would knew, who would make those choices? <laughs> and, and yeah, and so. And you live with that choice and you like it, obviously. And you knew these people were real. It wasn't like I knew these people. We were working for, for them for months. So you started to have a character to assign to that. So when I say I fell into this, so, <clears throat> you know, and my mother was an artist and, and encouraged my brother and I and all our family to be creative and whatever. So my sister became, you know, a, a fashion designer and my oldest brother is a ranger and my other brother is a sculptor, although we both went to film school. And um, I, uh, you know, and so my brother and I are making movies as we're kids. And then oh, that's great. we segued from doing spook houses before that. So we liked <laughs> to scare people. That was like the impetus. It wasn't to put on a show. It was mostly to scare the neighbor <laughs> kids. <laughs> it wasn't exactly so altruistic. But... Um, we put on these spook houses and then one time philip one time we went to uh, disneyland and my brother saw the pepper's ghost which is a, a technique where they put a slanted piece of glass and the actual ghost is up above you with oh, a light okay. on it reflected into the glass and you're looking through it like you see through it because it's see-through right and there's a solid background my brother could figure those things out he's a real engineer mind and he's kind of a genius he also figured out all this film equipment that we could make like he made math boxes for our little dumb super 8 camera <laughs> like you know he was really like deep diving into that at you know 14 and so coming from that world of making spook houses and then eventually animated claymation movies and then live action movies and working on my brother's movies and i decided i'll apply to ucla film school and while i was doing that i studied theater at the local college and eventually directed and stuff because i started to gear myself yeah. i'm going to direct i'm going to direct like that was my that that's was why like, i say who knew i'd end up right. decorating when i thought the whole thing was i'm going to direct right like Your that's path. that's my path that was my the whole vision was that um and yet even after i get accepted to ucla film school and go through the school people still ask don to do the sets for their films like i didn't they recognized it before i did isn't that something of like god he is such a good eye we should just ask him to do it right and they saw my apartment and like, and that was what I was, I was the guy going through the alleys in Beverly Hills because I had to drive from my sad apartment through Beverly Hills to go to <laughs> yeah. um, UCLA. The garbage alleys in the 80s were genius, you know, like. Oh, the back of those the, little alleys. The back of the properties. There's no garbage in Beverly Hills. No, that's all. It's all hidden. It's all hidden in those garbage alleys. Yeah. And then you could find eames and beautiful furniture, lighting oh, fixtures. Oh my God. Yeah, and in not beat up condition either. Like these people respected the stuff, you know. And still but, threw it away. And still <laughs> threw it Well, it was the 80s, so they were throwing away 50s, right? Oh, right. Um, but anyway, so I come out of UCLA with my, you know, film degree and, you know, get a PA job because that's what everybody did. And, you know, the last person you knew in film school who got a job on a film, you call them. Right. Like, hey, right. I'm graduating and I don't yeah. have a job. And, you know, and it goes easy. You can quickly get a PA job. And, you know, it was, you know, simple stuff. And um, I worked on a bunch of horror films, which you saw on my IMDb. And on Nightmare on Elm Street, I was the office PA. And uh, we were shooting at Renmar on, on Coanga, which is oh, just yeah. at Willoughby. And it was not called Renmar now. It's called something else. Willoughby and... 
it's north. It's just north of where CP4 was. Right. I can't. I know. I know exactly what it is. I can picture, but I don't know what the name was. I don't know the name now. Yeah. But, yeah. But it was called Renmar Studios then, and you know that's where we did Elm Street. And um, I was bored. I'm running scripts. I'm doing errands. Red. Red Studios. Yeah, I think it's called Red. Red. It's Brad Pitts, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Sorry. sorry. And I think maybe before that was it Lucy's. I think. I, I think that was Desi Lou. Yeah. See, this is why you can't quote me. All I know. Stuff I don't. Listen, I don't know either. I but I'm, I'm just trying to think of what it was. But yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm bored. I'm in this office. Um, I'm kind of, you know, like what else am I doing? Run the film to the lab. I go pick up. I didn't even pick up lunches and coffee. It wasn't even that. And I get bored and I start making art on the Xerox machine because like a free Xerox machine. And again, <laughs> in the 80s, this is like again, pre-computers were like, you know, we always make club flyers. I was very involved in the club scene for many years. And um, we would make club flyers and you would snip and cut, you know, ransom note kind of. Oh, yeah. That's how you did it because there was pre-computers. So it was all paste. And I would make things on the, you know, I'm bored. And so I started doing that. And um, Ann Ahrens, who's the uh, decorator. Oh, yeah. Uh, said to me she's like you should be in the art department i'm like oh what's you know literally what's that <laughs> you know it's the people running around the crusade i didn't well, wait know. a minute i would hope at ucla they let you know what the art department was it wasn't part of the curriculum really there was no production design you know what it was very bizarre ucla and ucla and the film and theater department are the weirdest there's a few i think it's corrected itself a bit now but there's this weird thing where they don't meet and you'd That's think crazy. there would be programs that actors can get into movies and, and, and all of us in film school are not actors and we're terrible acting. So we're always in each other's movies because we feel safe with each other. There should be that program. And, but anyway, back then it was just a BA. It was a pretty simple program. That, I mean, it brings up a point of like, God, wouldn't it be great if, you know, actors did some set dressing? Like, you know what I mean? Like that community, which I think a lot of like the little improv you do it all. Well, that's the thing but, about theater, actually. And, right. and because I did theater, and I, I think this is one of the values of, of having a bit of theater in doing film. One of them is, is the show must go on. Right. So, you know, because it's live. And so some, you're, you're off stage and you're either helping change scenery or changing a prop or you're directing actors or helping people get dressed or whatever it is. But um, the show must go on. So if somebody's like, you know, hoisting the curtain and is done with that and lock it off and run over to help, like, help change out set pieces, you do that because the show must go on. And um, <clears throat> I think it's important. I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you get a value of what everybody does in it pretty quickly because it's in real time, you know. And, you know, so I think. I think that um, that was helpful to me. I did, like I said, a couple of years of theater and, and was, you know, fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it made you just more well-rounded. But guess what? I didn't do the sets done either. <laughs> wasn't doing sets. <laughs> but still, there's yeah. everything. Every I always feel like every job I had, as menial as it was, helped me in some way either get another job or know what that position does. Like even when I would... Was I a PA and, and delivering scripts to the grip department? I'd still like hang around and be like, so what do these guys do? Like, what's right. going on over here? And like, I think that's one of the joys about being a PA. And, and I'm assuming if she came up to you in the office, you're all in the office together. Yeah. That camaraderie, especially like when you're off production and you're all together. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's a little community amongst our community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like people see 
you know, qualities in other people that they recognized too. Like she saw that I was making this Xerox art. No one told me to do it. Like that right. was my impulse was to do that when I was bored. And so, yeah. And then uh, the designer on Elm Street, Greg Fonseca and Anne and Dory Cooper, who was on that show, uh, a clique of us traveled for years, mm-hmm. all doing all those kind of low budget horror film kind of and independent films. You know, some of them were that too. Like, you know, we ended up going off on a mini series um, I ended up going off uh, on a mini series after being an onset dresser for a couple of years and so on. Did you like onset dressing? I was such a weird so like <laughs> I could never do it. Oh my god, I was fixated on details. Kim, I would be oh. I would be pinching like the, the blankets are coming off the bed and I'm pinching them to look like a Caravaggio painting with the lighting. And they're like, Don, get out Don, of frame. Out. I'm fit. No, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And they're like, it's out of frame. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I wanted to look who you, that's you saying it's out of frame. You could catch it. Yeah. And, or you could put on a different lens and change. But, um, so I learned a lot being an onset dresser. You learn that it is, you know, in a way because the decorator provides this and that, or the designer wants this and that, or you're in this location and they want you to shoot this way. It doesn't always mean that's how it's going to go. And you want to be creative on your feet and you still want to carry out the vision and, and in a way, because you're the onset dresser, you don't kind of get the the full weight of like the anger either. You're like, I'm I'm just the messenger, you right. know. And well, so I feel they're they're the protector. Yes. And sometimes, if you have a, a, a let's say difficult or um, demanding DP, yeah, it can be very a very hard position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to deal with them, and and hopefully you have a crew that's going to help you move stuff. And it's I don't know. I just. Oh, they're worth their weight in gold. <laughs> yes. And, you know, uh, I mean, I was fine because I could move furniture on my own. I'm a big guy. I could do that. Um, but then they, you know, the, the rest of the department ended up promoting me. And so then they moved me up um, to be an assistant art director. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I ended up art directing, which I was completely out. Was that uh, union stuff? No. 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 No, no, no. And I was just looking at that of how we all sort of like, oh, I assistant art director, but I art directed. And then it's like. But then I got to the union. <laughs> and then I got in the union, and I had the chance on two different movies to get in the union as uh, an art director. Oh. And, uh, and I decided, no thank you, both times. Um, one was, um, was it two times? For, search, for sure one, I was uh, art directing um, The Five Heartbeats. I love that movie. I can dream about you. I love that song. I could, I, I, when I saw that on your resume, I was like, oh. I love that movie. It's so good. Because I, I grew up, like, my parents love, like, Motown and Temptations. And, mm-hmm. like, so that movie, to me, is so such a good little gem. It's such a great gem, and it's a great piece of history. Yeah. And, and again, that was another show. It felt like I ran away and joined the circus, too. Because it was, you know... Period. There were, and, and dance rehearsals. Yeah. And then there was dance, and there was music, and there was, you know, crazy vintage sets that we were doing. It was... Uh, Wynn Thomas was the production designer on that. And um, again, that was not my strength, art directing. It, it, and I didn't realize, I kind of realized it on that movie. I got to the end of that and I was like, this isn't necessarily my strength. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to do this again, but then people call you. And right. so you, you're like, okay, well, I don't have anything else to do. So right. I guess that's, and then so I did, ended up doing Biodome as the art director. Right. And, um, and really at some point I was literally, you know, assistant greens because we were shooting up at Upper and Lower Falls at uh, Universal. <laughs> And I was making it the Biodome, right? You know, right. and there wasn't necessarily greens. Uh, it was me and a couple of PAs because that was non-union years. And um, it's crazy to me that these films are non-union. Yeah. Medicine Man. Medicine Man was shot out of the country. Red Walk 
Red Rock West, I could see that because that was like an independent. It was independent. Yeah. But Biodome? Mm-hmm. That seems like, because Brendan Fraser was a big... No, no, it was Polly Shore. Oh, Polly Shore. But that was that should still... Change, that should change the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, no, that I was thinking of Encino Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, still, Polly Shore was huge in, he like, was. early night. I mean, he was on MTV. He was huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me that those were non-union films. I... You know that it was suspicious. So that movie we had. Well, we had the first budget. We they wanted us like wrap this queen around, you know, a a couple things and call it, you know, like that's the biodome. And uh, Michael Johnston was the production designer, and he's like, "Yeah, no, we're just going to make it a little bit better than that." And every week he'd make it a little bit better. And there was another uh, Carl, the other uh, art director. He was mostly doing all the drawings, and they even hired a structural engineer because we had to put this huge superstructure up. And and it was all kind of stuff that was not any of my strengths. I did mm-hmm. not draft. I did not, you know, that was not any of where I came from. And so um, by the end of that movie, there was one point. We were so much over budget because we basically kept, you know, stone soup. We kept saying, oh, this this soup would be so much better if we had a potato, right? And, you know, finally we had like the entire menu in that soup. They gave us the money to do it and it needed that because there was no way you were going to carry it off without that. Well, yeah, it's the whole, it's called Biodome. Yeah. So you have to have, you have to see some dome. And yeah, the, the name is in the, yeah. yeah. It's the main character. It's the main character, so... Um, anyway, one day I'm at um, craft service and, you know, in, oh, I'm literally, I've got blisters on my hand from digging holes, putting plants in, right? Trying to make whatever terrace of, of Upper River or Lower Falls look like the desert or tropical or whatever we were doing. And uh, he's like, he goes, you're the art director. You should be watching the budget. And I counted on you. Michael told me you were watching the budget. I'm like, I'm watching the holes in the ground getting dug. Right. I am not. not <laughs> am I, I am up there. You should have shown him your hand. I should. I probably should. Look, look at this blood. <laughs> you know how much this costs? Yeah. But anyway, at the end of that. You're not even getting union nothing. wages. No, no, no. It was, so, it was so cheesy back then. Oh, my gosh. But I got great experience. And you know you're part of a big show. Well, yeah. And you learn that's a lot. That's what you like, learn it up. That's that's you chalk it up to. Yeah, I, I the yeah. value of experience. But again, I'm glad I didn't I didn't pursue going in and art directing because that isn't what I do. That's not not my great strengths, right? But you had decorated one move, two uh, movies before that, right? I had LA done, Take Down and Why Me. Yeah, so, per, so you dabbled. I dabbled again. Both are people recommending me for a job they thought I should do. So John Reinhardt was the designer that I had worked with. He had, he had, was on. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street as a construction coordinator and was still that for a couple of years and then he went on to design and be an art director and and eventually production design and so he threw my hat in the ring and said Don you should decorate now maybe it's because he was like Don I cannot have you in the art director position that is a mistake (laughs) he was trying to he's like find a further scale find turn the thing to quarter inch scale further down the trough yeah but also I think I was yeah, because I talk about stuff I observe when I'm working with people, and I think those observations were about character and detail and set dressing. They were not about the molding right. or the quarter inch or the whatever. Like, the greens. Yeah, the greens. They weren't. Okay. And so again, he recognized that, and you know, kind of gave me a chance to. And, and um, LA Takedown was a pilot that Michael Mann made. That was later. It was the exact same script called Heat. Called Heat. Oh, wow. And ironically, yeah. Anne Aaron's decorated that. Oh, funny. There's some things in my career that kind of go do this weird full circle. It's a full. It, well, it's we're not that big of a community. I right. Mean, you can't. You don't know everyone and every name. But no. 
it, it is like, well, I've seen your work or I've heard your name. Right. I've never met you, but you're, yeah. you're, the, you're around. Yeah, or the six degrees of separation. It's like, oh, this lead man that I work with is right. now, oh, is, you know, working with you all the time. And hello, how do you do? And yeah. Yeah. It's great. It is. I like that it's a smaller little niche that we have. Do you think of it as like a circus, like running away and doing... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one... <clears throat> what What are we doing? <laughs> this is the craziest thing. And I mean, all of filmmaking, but I feel like specifically art department is the creative part that you, sometimes you're asked to do such ridiculous things. Or like, hey, so we need a woolly mammoth. What? <laughs> Yeah. In the middle of the lab, we need a woolly mammoth, and you're like, okay. Have you gotten that one? Do you know how big a woolly mammoth is? No, huh? I got the tusks. Yeah. We wound up just getting the tusks. I guess they're tusks. Yeah. And they CGI'd the rest. But so that, but, the, but I. <laughs> but used, we did it. I, I used did that. It. I used that story before because I say, you know, today you're doing today you're doing a doctor's office, and tomorrow you're doing a pterodactyl's nest. Because yeah. literally, yeah. on some movie I was doing that. I think it was like House. For some reason, there was some show I was doing. That they needed a pterodactyl nose. And we're like, okay, so that's what we're doing tomorrow is a pterodactyl yeah. nose. Well, the, the weird things that, I mean, I always say one of the best things is doing research. Oh, yeah. The amount of things that we have to look up and, like, become knowledgeable about and know sizes and color. I would never look that up on no. my own. Real, I don't think of the, all the shit that we have to do. Yeah. And, I, I think that's one of the great part of the little circus is how much research we have to do. and That's why I say I'm grateful that no two days are alike either. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm creative and literally no two days are alike. I mean, you know, again, you're doing a pterodactyl's you yeah. know, uh, nest and then you're doing a Chinese laundry and then... You're doing... what? So then you're doing Gone in 60 Seconds and then you're doing like these old bra... Like, uh, I mean, all... And then you do period pieces and then you do Santa Claus and then like... Every, no two days are the same. And you know, I, this is a, this is one of the things that I would advise people <clears throat> in the business too, is to mix it up. Yeah. Is yeah. D don't just stick with, unless that you have to like three camera show or whatever. Don't stay at the party too long. Yeah. I stayed at Bones too long. I know that. How many years were you there? How did I never Six. see you? I was there six years. And, you know, same here. You know, like some people said, oh, you should have gotten in the union earlier. I know many people that I started with got in the union earlier than me. And it's because I spent, you know, should I, you know, you know, sort of worry that I spent X amount of years art directing because I didn't get into the decorating. No, I learned. Yeah. And I think it, it makes me a better decorator. Oh, yeah. And there are things that I know about art direction that are often I think, okay, hey, art director, you know, here's an idea of this. I tried this once or, hey, I know you guys care about this. I see that this looks yeah. like it's messed up over here. I want to ask how then you sort of you jumped to go on in 60 seconds, which seems like a big budget film. Yeah. I, so, um, well, I did, so I was on Santa, I was on, um, so I got in the union um, on um, uh, The Tie That Binds. Okay. Um, and after that, and, you know, at the time it was so much money to me and I took out a loan and I'm like, oh, I have to join the union. And, and, um, and then after that, I started getting work. And so I worked as a second uh, unit set decorator on uh, Batman and Robin with uh, Dory oh, wow. Cooper. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I met, a, I, I met all these people on that show. Um, it, was a, it was, everybody was on that show at one point because it lasted <laughs> for 10 months. Um, Dory called me and she was the decorator and she knew me because we came up in the ranks together. And she's like, Don, we kind of need somebody with your skills. We need a set decorator, 
but we need somebody who has art direction experience because this I'm the decorator and there's all this stuff that's kind of this movie's big and there's all these kind of large weird kludge things that we kind of need to put together and I became known as the, the kludge meister at one point <laughs> so she's like you know you should do that you should come in and and, and I said well I'll, I'll, that sounds great Dory and then she says yeah it's about like 10 weeks of work or something like that and I'm like oh my god on a big show like that that's great and suddenly I'm now getting union wages and instead of you know cheesy uh, non-union wages I was on the movie for 10 months you know instead of 10 weeks because like you know those shows just got so big and you needed so much help and the reason it looks good and very specific and gothamy or whatever each set is because we spent time doing that and you know you had to have meetings about that and it yeah. takes part of a week and all that and so, the fantasy element of it of the freedom yet you're restrained a lot i always find the more freedom you have Probably the more rules you have. Yeah, and sometimes big money poisons a poisons a movie too. Yeah, why can't we get that? Or yeah. why can't it look like that? Right. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, we can, but <laughs> we can, but yeah. Yeah, and you kind of have to be. You sort of have to sign up and say, okay, I'm ready for this, because that is working with the big boys when they say, okay, now we're building the entire village. You know, and you're like, uh, <laughs> what? They're gonna work, you know, two shifts night and day over the weekend to build this. I gotta decorate it Monday, shoots Tuesday. Like, right. Okay. I can't even scare you with money. Like, I can't, and that's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, because you and, get it done. And that's the thing, Kim, is because uh, on Bones and every other show, you proved you could do it, and that you know most of us don't want to fail. We don't want to be the one who drops the baton. No. That I I feel like maybe in my career they've waited on set deck maybe once. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same here. And. I, I actually probably have blocked out what that instance is, but I'm sure it has happened. Oh, I think it's probably you happened. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's the thing. It's such a culture about that. Like, I don't know if you talk about that on decorating pages, but that is that is so much part of the decorating culture is that you would, you none of us, you know, it's like a commandment. You There oh. shall never be no set that she'll never be ready or she'll always be it ready. always has. Well, I always say... It's once a show starts shooting, it's a train. Yeah. It's not stopping. Right. If I get that chair there or not, it's it's the show not goes on. Stop. Yeah. Might slow down a little for something or so it doesn't stop. And that pressure is harsh on us sometimes. Because if it shoots Tuesday and I want it to be I want it to be the green room. I want it yeah. to look like the green room. I want the drapery. I want the vest. Yeah. I want this. It has to look like this. And see, that's the other half of it, Kim, is this is, the, so So there's the part that they give us, which is the script, right? Okay, so the script says this, this, and this, and, you know, she has to come in the door, she has to sit on a chair, and the, and she picks up the telephone, or whatever that is, right? Or she uses, she uses opens the drawer in the desk, so yeah. you have to have the, like, so click, okay, we know there's going to be set dressing at the door, click, we have to have a chair uh, options, and that to be this, that, and right for the actress, this, that, and then, you know, she opens the desk, we have to have the desk, we have to fill the desk, right? You know, and then it's like everything else. But, oh, wouldn't it be great if she had this kind of collection? Yeah. And her artwork is this. And here, let's tell this story about that part of her life. And let's do a little sort of Easter egg to something that we know oh, is yeah. coming in the next episode. Wouldn't it be great if... Yeah. No. So we do that part that to ourselves. We're no. the ones doing that. <laughs> you know what would be great? Just sh just shoot what I got. What <laughs> I worked... I worked uh, you know, this... This, all here. This, this part of us being like... Um, overachievers like we wouldn't have gotten this job or into this business or lasted if no. we weren't overachievers exactly so I'm working with Catherine on tape heads and um, I was the decorator because I had been decorating and she had an art director she didn't like and she fired him and she moved me up and then we were doing the budget 
And, you know, it was a super ambitious job for zero money. And it was a super funny, goofy movie about getting, you know, it was early 80s. So it was about, you know, rock videos. Oh, yeah. And um, we were budgeting and we're all sitting in the art department. And, and I'm supposedly now the art director. And, um, and uh, you know, the, I, I hired the scenic artist to be the decorator because she said she always wanted to decorate. <laughs> <laughs> she did an amazing job. Like, she oh, thank dove God. into it. <laughs> Right. Like she just was like, okay, I said I wanted to do it. I'm going to do it. And she did a fantastic job. But we were in there and we're like, okay. And we were looking at the final number and we we're like, okay, cutting it up. And we're like, okay, so, you know, there's all these sets and we're doing a rock video here and we're, the loft has to change here. And we go to, we go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles here. And all these weird sets we we're doing, right? And there were a lot of videos and commercials in the movie and we're okay. Okay. Well, okay. So we have this much. We have to have that much for that stage. We have to, and we started going, okay. Well, I can do that set for $60. I can oh. do that set for $40. Do that set. And that's what it became. <laughs> we literally had we created the game of like, okay, if you can do it for $40, you know, of course, now today you can't possibly, but My you God. know, whatever that was, and it wasn't even realistic, but we were just right. backing into the number. Right. And there you go with like X amount of sets and X amount of requirements. You just like back in and you say, okay, but you know, if we're overachievers, we're like, yeah, I can do it for $40. But don't you think that's one of the problems that we run into is that our shows are budgeted by accountants and they're budgeted without reading 10 scripts. Correct. Without knowing the locations or the location problems that we're going to have. Sure. And we are chained to a number. Right. Basically. I mean, if you have a pattern of, you know, 30,000 an episode, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're on stage that whole time or if you have 75 sets. Right. You're supposed to only spend that amount of money. Right. And I think producers are realistic and like, all right, this is what it's going to take. So they borrow here and you, you, I move money around constantly. Oh, we have to. Yeah. You have to. As long as I always say, just, just give me the big number. Right. Just give me all the money <laughs> and let me figure it out. Because in January, I still might be coding to September's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which we can't really do because they close episodes, but sometimes you but can But sometimes you can. Because no one can really budget this until they see what we're up against. Mm. And it's such a game that we have to play with this budgeting. Yeah. Of like... Being under budget or being on budget, don't be over budget. Let me know if you're going to be like 3,000 over. Don't ever be 3,000 under. Like, it's such a stressful thing, I think, all the time. It's a constant for me. And do you, because I don't, here's, so I told told Diane this when I started, um, Diane Zern, who was my buyer on Prospect. I said, we had worked together on on this, uh, another show, and... I said, you know, I said, because we haven't done the whole show together. I said, Diane, I start out being really cheap. And I said, that is how I want to start this show because it's ambitious. And I want to start out being very cheap. And when we get closer to the end, we'll start spending money because one, the time constraint, we don't have time to look for the cheaper deal. So you start out, that's how I do it. And it works out if I do it that way. And that way, I don't have to look at where I'm at money-wise. Mm. Because I'm so cheap at the beginning. So I'm looking for deals. I'm trying to buy in bulk. Like all the stuff I can do at the beginning. And the things that I don't care about. And then it gets into when it's 
Oh, but I really want to dye that fabric. Oh, I really right. want to. Or I really want to do that. Oh, can I can I have someone manufacture this thing? Well, Don, do you know how much that's going to be? Labor and materials and labor is expensive. And yeah. normally, because we don't have to figure our our labor into our budgets generally, no. um, we're blessed that way. Yes, because like, the art directors and construction do. Yeah, we don't have to figure hours and how much that's going to cost for one guy to be on one extra day of paint or. So, yeah. The lead men have to. But, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, and we'll, we should talk about that, too. We should yeah. get into that little sub, sub, subject in a minute about labor. But um, so I have my special things. And I, um, I, I worked with this decorator in Mexico when I did uh, Medicine Man. Again, I was art directing. But um, Enrique Estevez was the decorator. And he had done Buñuel films. He had been in Mexico for years oh. and did you know, some surrealist films with uh, Louis Buñuel. And so he was like 70-something when we were there in 1990 or whatever it was. And, and he said, you know, he, and he would show up and he would just get all the kind of bulk stuff. And he'd show you all the bulk. Like, here's what it's going to be. Blonk, blonk, blonk. Here's the table chair. Here's the, this massive stuff that's going to be on this corner in that world and that world. And, and then he'd said, and wait, senor, I will show you the golden touches. <laughs> and what he meant by golden touches were things that you didn't tell me to get. Right? Oh, right. Those are the things that I thought of. And right. these are going to make this set sing. And he'd been a decorator for, you know, a right. long time in Mexico. He had done it before. And, he, and so that was what he called them because he wanted us to know that there were certain things that are required. Like, yes, she needs to have a chair and a desk and the drawer has to, yeah. like all that stuff. But then there's going to be the stuff that you're like, oh, my God, that's so spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I gave her the special pen that yeah. she uses in her journal that I put next to her bed. Yeah, and like, or I decided to do this whole weird, like, undercurrent of animal theme and all the prints or whatever it is, yeah. right? You know, and you, you pick those things based on, you know, lots of information and sometimes just happen, happenstance, but sometimes it's very, you yeah. know, deliberate and, and it might be you and the designer doing it, but there's still these golden touches. And so I think when you're budgeting... That's why I have to hoard the money a little bit mm -hmm. because I have, like, I like to have um, c custom stuff done. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you can afford to do it. Yeah. I think if there's opportunity, that's always the way to go. Yeah. Because you want the uniqueness uh, yeah. or you want it to relate to the character. But sometimes I'm a big fan of, like, Kmart going away was huge for me because I feel like if I'm doing a kitchen or something, like, that's what. That's where they would shop. That's the real place. Where would they get their their dish towels? Well, they probably go to Kmart or Bed Bath. Right. So I'm not a snob enough to like. I don't. I would. I'll go there and just buy it because right. I, that's my type of realism. But they might have a custom sofa. <laughs> right. Right. Because that lends to this is the character in the room. The, well, we know yeah, that the sofa's yeah. in the frame, like you know, most yeah. of the time, or yeah. or custom framing artwork because it it comes in a in a frame that's inappropriate, or we yeah. want to have all the frames the same, or we'd want to have all the frames not the same, or yeah. yeah, like those things. And and when you're doing TV and it goes so fast and furious, you have to think of those things like you know day one after the table read kind of thing. Like yeah. okay, if I want to custom do, and thankfully. You know, we've been in the game long enough that you start to pick those battles. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't care. Drapery if, is a huge expense. Yeah. Huge expense. If you want to do custom drapery, you need time, money, and a quick uh, delivery of fabric. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you yeah. need to be able to get that fabric. And it's funny. So <laughs> there are a couple things that, again, I've sort of 
uh, have a shorthand with how I'm gonna have to work now. Like you know, I worked with Antonia, Sherry oh, Nunez yes. forever, mm -hmm. and 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 she and I developed this over the years, which is there were certain things that I did, and there's certain things that she did, and there were certain things that she did so much better than me that I didn't oh, want yeah. to go in there. Like, Having people with strengths yeah. on your team, you have to use that. In the in the time and money that we have, we, we have to use people's strengths. So I have strength in, in, I think, in fabrics and art. Like those are two things that I also think are in, for sure in frame. So yeah. draperies and the artwork, like they walk into the scene, it's yeah. in a close-up. The two things you're going to see are the draperies, the art, the doorway, you know, um, maybe the door jam. I mean, seriously, because yeah. we do shoot in close-up a lot. And so those, after doing this for a number of years, and it's like, you it's know. It's lollipop heads. It's always, it always goes to the It goes to shot. the lollipop yeah, head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sadly, you know, what's behind the lollipop is something soft yeah. and focused. Yeah. But sometimes it's not soft and focused, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's clearly shown. But I, so I prioritize that, those things for myself. Um, and so, and I think it's also part of the kit of parts that we have that's, that's, powerful for me which is that I can take that thing that you're sitting on that cushion you're sitting on now and I can give it like this geometric pattern that, that the designer asked for but then he said like mix it up with florals and so I can start off with that because I know where to get that like I can check that off my list okay I don't right. want to spend you know three right. days looking for that couch it's going to fit this place that I'm just going to go and buy the couch and then reupholster it like hello upholsterer standby yeah. I'm coming right and 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 for artwork like, I'm going to use an example of kidding. Um, Deirdre's house. So Deirdre is Jeff's, Jeff Pickles is the um, um, Jim Carrey uh, character. And, and um, his sister is, is Deirdre. And she is this puppet maker artist. And who knows where she would have ended up if her brother didn't end up having this, like, right. really successful puppet show, right, on right. TV. And again, it's like the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, right? And she's, a, you know, a character they wrote in there for that. And I wanted to, for sure, contrast her from Jeff's house, because Jeff's recently divorced, and he's now, we in the script it says Jill's house, because he's moved out. Okay. But I want, and I figured probably Jill had a lot to do with dec decorating that house, too. And maybe if he did, because he's a control freak, of, like of all control freaks, maybe he did, too. But it's very traditional. Mm -hmm. It's very safe. Yes. It's not over the top. And that isn't who Deirdre is. And I felt like I had a chance to paint a better picture of who Deirdre was through the art. Mm -hmm. And and then I kind of put that on steroids because we had her her puppet shop. And then in her living room, there was art that was like weird things that she had made or things that she had bought from fellow artists. Mm. So it was a really eclectic um, art collection in her house. And it was expressed in, the, in the, a whole wall in the kitchen and then all the walls in the living room going up the stairs. And, you know, you see some of it in her bedroom. But I wanted to play that game because here is... It was a series. I knew we were doing 10 episodes for season one. I knew we were going to... And we got the beauty of that show, thankfully. Dave Holstein, the producer, uh, showrunner, writer, um, gave us seven scripts before we walked in the door oh. uh, on a 10-episode series. Oh so God. at least we knew where we were going. Isn't it? Doesn't it make such a difference? It does. And hello to anybody it who's does. a producer who's listening to this show. Like, that is helpful. Every department, it helps. Yeah. Just to have knowledge of what's coming up character-wise for us to decorate. Because there's been many times you decorate a pilot or whatever, and then episode four, oh, yeah, she hates ice cream. And you put this gigantic yes, ice right. cream yeah. photo in her, and you're like, oh, uh, shit. What? Yeah, you feel like you've been blindsided yeah, by something. Yeah, you're like, did I miss something? Wait, did I... 
was there like a a note? Yeah. Did I miss a meeting? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had that happen. Of listen, I've had it happen where you decorate a set, and the actor walks in who's a different race. Yes. <laughs> different, and you're like. Okay, but note you know, to self. I gotta get with casting. <laughs> there you go. See, this is what it's about. It is about note to self and its past experiences of like this catastrophes happened to us, and yeah. suddenly I have like all these little uh, rented <laughs> photographs of you know African American children in this yeah. house because that's what the, 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 you know her husband is or something. Yeah. Something you you kind of just surmised it. And then you're like, oh no no, that's that was her, her dead husband. I'm like, what? What yeah. was that? You're paging through the script. Like, oh yeah, Where trying to it? find one sentence to yeah. back up my yeah. reasoning. And no, because sometimes you know, sometimes you just go off with your golden touches. Yeah, yes. And you think, oh look how genius I am. I yeah, got this little frame, yeah. and it's got the African colors yeah. on it. You're gonna see that in the background. Yeah, and, and then I'm you're so like, smart. Get that frame out of here. Yeah, or, or maybe they don't even notice. A lot of times they don't even notice these touches. But for me, and so again, I'm kidding. We had we had a good running jump at it, where we got we knew what was going to happen. Wait, Jeff. Do you ever do like a police station or whatever, and you've put tchotchkes in and little photos and everything, and they put like like an African American in it, and you're like, can you just switch them so I yeah. don't have to switch all this dress? Like because it doesn't, they don't care. <laughs> can you just the AD like, hey man. Can these two guys just switch? <laughs> I've, I've done that, and I've been like, I don't want to move. Can you just can you can they just swap? That's oh, being smart, though, Kim. That's what, I mean... and, and that's also being observant, and also being a team player. Like the, the ads are also part of the team. Yeah. Um, I have to tell this story, which is non-related to anything other than ads. But Emily Ferry, do you know Emily Ferry? Mm-mm. She's a prop mistress. She is amazing. She's been in the business forever, and mm. I think she's the first woman prop master oh. ever. She, Hello. oh yeah, she's terrific. And a real character and strong-willed woman and talented and, and creative. And, you know, she has all kinds of great attributes. And she and I um, got called to do the Santa Claus 3, right? <laughs> so they'd made one and two in Canada. And they finally were going to bring it to California. And we were very grateful. And, um, and it was a big movie for all of us. And it was ambitious. You know, we were doing Santa's Toy Shop, which had yeah. moving conveyor belts. And, and um, we were also doing Santa's Kitchen. And, you know, we we're doing major sets. And one of the things that we said to them, we said, can you, because Richard Holland, who we got along really well with and and that whole team, we said, can you let us have a little lead time to help designate what the corners and what the activities are going to be in the toy shop? We would like to make sure that the elves are not hammering with screwdrivers and screwing with hammers. Because you see that happen in shows where they just hand the extras something and say, just look busy. And we were like, I am not going to have that happen on my watch. I am not going to have it look like they don't know what they're doing or they just dropped in from, you know, central casting. And so we were very... That was huge. Yeah, it was huge. massive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was super massive. And Santa's Kitchen also. But we wanted to give the activities that we thought would be best for a Disney movie. Like, this would be adorable if there's a whole section where they're building dolls. And then the boys can be over here in the woodworking section. And then there's a metal section. And then there's, you know, things with wheels. We had a section. And then we started running out of ideas. And I'm like, okay, that whole section over there is gift wrap. Yeah. You know, because it was like. Uh, run, we don't need a lot of money. I'm running out of money and toys and toys and clear toys, gift you know, wrapping. and volume of toys. Like, you Teddy know, bears. It's, you know, I wish we all had such problems. Like, oh, Don, I have to oh, go I buy know. more toys. But, I know. Um, but, you know, you wanted to have clear toys and the appropriate toys and then the color palette because, you know, everything was very that. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, you, we basically were preempting 
something that might happen on set because I wasn't going to be on set. Emily and she, Emily was on set a good some parts of it, but she had her on set crew. So we were like, let's not let's let's avoid these arguments. Let's just take reins and say yeah. this is ours. Here's what's going to happen. And, and, and make it a thing. Like, well, what are those kids with screwdrivers doing over in the fabric area? <laughs> Get them out of there. You know? Get back to, Get your, back to your station. Get back. Elves. elves. <laughs> <laughs> There's no elves over on this side. That... You're gift wrapping only. <laughs> and these are things that keep us up at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we made whole, like, and it was before PowerPoint. I, I don't know, maybe what was around. But we, like, made a whole presentation about oh, yeah. that this is, we have to have it go our way or we're going to get mad. I think that there has been, especially sets like that on like a Bones or this, the many sort of flea markets and, and, and uh, huge sets on Parks and Rec of like, okay, the, these people are over here, this is what they're doing. These people are over here. And then it comes to like shoot day, well, we talked about it. Right. What about we talked. We had a meeting. <laughs> right, that's all I can do because I feel like those people. You know, Farmers market. We talked about every single booth. Why is this chick over here now? Like, I don't know. There's some people. There's sometimes it just is so aggravating. Of like, if I could keep this straight, everybody else has to. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Why can't you keep this straight? I got twenty other sets to do. That's oh, right. <laughs> so yeah, there is there is times with ads and second ads that it's like, hey man, can you just give me a break? Yeah. Can you just help well, me out? and 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 this is and for so for film again that was a film. Yeah. It was easier to do that. And yeah. TV, you don't have the you don't have the, the the time to do that. And you know, you may never even see the AD. I mean, I have so many texts from the ads on kidding, you know. And I'm like, which one is that? Because you know, we would checkerboard the episodes. And mm. I'm like, okay, wait, yes. Oh. oh, now I remember who it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what does she want now? Yeah. Because, you know, you, and I may never see them to have that long conversation about that, please, like, make sure that this is that. You have to say yeah. that to your onset dresser. You know, that's where that yeah. goes. That five minutes I get with the onset dresser before I leave, <laughs> like when I hand over the set type thing, is so valuable. And you you got to pay attention. Yeah. And it's just me and him usually. And I walk him through the set. And here's your extra lamps. And here's this. this please don't let them do this. If you're going to look out that window, just make sure this is like a... Uh, like and there's always sort of like, okay, you good? Okay. Well, it's funny because you say you say that five right. minutes in the morning. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, it is that's five all minutes. I get. That's I, all. Like you open set, you, I talk to the onset dresser, and I'm gone. Me too. If I'm on set again, there's something wrong. That's what I always say too. And you know what I say also is I say I want to hire a crew that can listen fast because I talk fast. Yeah. And because I, you know, I only have the five minutes, so so yeah. let's not. You know, I don't want to go into a long explanation on, you know, where the triples are. They're on that table outside the set. Yeah. There's doubles and triples for all whatever is necessary. And I hope I hope that that doesn't make us look like assholes. I think sometimes... I think it does. Yeah. And I, and I have a mental note sometimes of like, say good morning. Oh, yeah. Don't just... Because I walk on the set like, you know, 6.02 sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I'm just on fire. Cause sure. Because I'm like... I gotta get this drapery up. We gotta get this done. They're coming at seven. We gotta do this. Okay, good morning. Yeah. Good morning, guys. <laughs> I'm that way with emails. I'm like, the first thing I'm doing is just telling them what I want. Yeah. And I have to like, oh wait. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> yes. How are you? Okay, anyway, let's talk about me and my needs. <laughs> I do the same thing. I write an email and then I go back and say hello. Yeah. Yeah, because you gotta get it out. But I think some of that is like, you know, again, Kidding was at Sony and I'm here in Silver Lake Echo Park and, you know, it's an hour drive. Uh. And so in your head, you're already like, 
you know, as soon as I get in my car, I wish I was there, you know. Oh, yeah. I just want to be transported. And so that whole hour, I'm um, just like, okay, and this could go wrong, and yeah. this would be great if this was it. And by the way, do they know about this? And oh my God, we have this redress because it goes back to 1980-something. Like, you know, there's so much to say. And because, for instance, the onset dresser does not go to the production meeting or no. something, it's on us. And, and thankfully, if you have a good lead man, they can also take care of some yeah. of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they work so closely together yeah. and the crew and like... Can you wrap this for us? Can you just pull this light down yeah. for the owner? Whatever. Yeah. There's always those notes. When I'm done my notes, then they can They have notes. those notes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I could never do it. I could never be an on-set It's dresser. a lot to remember. I can never be a prop master. Oh. I can never work locations. So I wrote my, my, to get into UCLA, you had to do a lot. You had to do a whole creative package. And one of the things you had to do was you had to have your own script. You had to. Oh, wow. Um. They didn't want you to having having had made movies already. That wasn't necessary. They liked that I had theater experience and construction experience, and that I'd done artwork. And so I'd sent them, you know, artwork I'd done. And um, so I wrote my one of my papers on the detailed uh, visceral soundtrack of um, David Lynch movies. And because oh, they just are. started his masterclass. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, I so, I respect the man so much. Yeah. So my friend Bruce Mink was the prop master on on this this David Lynch show and got another show and he got something great like The Mask or some kind of show he couldn't oh leave right like he was like oh my god this is a career changer I oh, gotta yeah. do it and he's like you can do this Don take over props for me on this show it's like it, it's all been bought and set and it's all in the truck and it's all labeled and I'm leaving you my assistant and the first day it's super ambitious it's like they're unwrapping presents and there's four women in the room and they're having champagne and I'm keeping eyes on the champagne level you know I was busy 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 you know, and it's lunchtime, and oh my god, and then back, and busy, busy, busy. The next day, art department changes over the hotel room to another genre. So it's always about what happens in this hotel, right? Mm. And um, the next day, um, I think it was it was, was it Crispin Glover and oh. some other some young act- actress I remember are in this very tight scene, and it's in eighteen hundreds. And he's proposing to her. There, and the whole scene takes place on the bed, and it's all about the wedding ring and how love and much in love they are, and and whatever and so you know it's nothing it's nothing for me so they come in they do the whole scene it's lunchtime, and you know now I'm starting to be friends with people in the crew oh, hi you know, whatever and so everybody goes to lunch and then we come back and you know I'm used to as a set decorator like after the set's done I walk away, I walk away right <laughs> so I don't ever want to see that set again honestly well, I come back from lunch and, you know, somehow I'm in the bathroom and I hear this, like, noise. I come back. I apparently forgot to take the actors' watches because they, after I gave them, after I took their period watches Mm. and rings, I gave them their own back. And they kept them on lunch and they went to this whole scene on the bed in uber close-up of watches in the 1800s and, like, all these, you know, anachronisms. And David went ballistic and started yelling at the continuity woman. I felt terrible about it. And, you know, it's because I'm not used to that. I'm right. like, I, the first day I was on it because there was so much to do. The second day, there was nothing <laughs> to do. <laughs> day two, we're like, well, this can shoot itself. Yeah, I'm done with this set. I'm ready to wrap it. I'm like, wah, wah. <laughs> Go do returns. Uh, it, was, it was the rest do of the day. my rap budget. I, I'm out of here. I was in such the doghouse. <laughs> so did they have to reshoot it? We shoot it. it. Oh. 
So here I am working with somebody, uh, one of the, the most respected filmmakers, like writing papers and as a young adult about it. Like, the, uh, finally a big chance to work with somebody real and I'm like, you know, from my non-union days or whatever, and then I blow it masterfully. Do you know what's interesting about those kinds of things is that, and I used to think, in the production meetings, when they would ask, you know, all those little notes they make, right? Like, okay, you know, and usually they're about props or wardrobe or special yeah. effects. They're very rarely about set deck, right? And I've learned after a period of time Little of being in television, no, is to say something and say, oh, oh by the way, I have a redress between that scene and oh, the yes. other. Yes, yes, yes. I, I make it a point to that. Listen, because they aren't party, thinking of that. If it's a party, can we do the party first? Yeah. And then take it down. It's always, can I decorate first? And then instead of it's the aftermath. Yeah. And then it's a party. And there was always, or like, they're getting ready for the farmer's market. Right. Why? Yeah. Just let it be ready. Yeah. What is, an, all right, fine. Then I need an hour. An hour? Yeah. Yeah. I know one time we had to change over a video store. And we had between scenes on parks that we had to change out this video store and it was like everyone like on your market set go. Yeah. And changing like thousands of videotapes and like just redoing the store between setups and all we had, they were like, well, we've got like a half hour between, they gotta go get changed. And we're like, a half hour? Okay. And then you get it done you're like, well, I mean, I broke a sweat, I'm sweating. I stressed out all night, I didn't sleep. And now it's done and they just go shoot. Right. There's never, uh, I, I also work with very nice people, but we have learned if they don't say anything, it's fine. Well, that's, and you know, we're so used to being sort of patted on the back in a way. Like, I, 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 mean, I don't even get a pat. No, and, I don't, I, and I don't even remember to do it with my crew, truthfully, because the I'm on the The production designer, I, because we're on the same team, I think the production designers I've worked with, we get pats on the back from yeah. each other. Yeah. Anyone else? It's sort of like, well, yeah, of course you got that done. I, I have that. Why do you uh, want a pat on the back? Like, I what? think you get better at that too, and and yeah. and because you lose sleep over it overnight. Yeah. Like I had this one on on Speechless when I was doing the first season of Speechless, where they did the aftermath first, and the house was trashed, and and they were saying, I'm you know in the production meeting, they're like, I'm sorry, you know we can't shoot it this way because of this and that, whatever the issue was, and I said okay, and so I had Ken um, Kenturk, my lead man, I said let's build these rolling platforms. And we're going to screw all this junk and really detritus and filth and whatever it was to all the things. And they're going to fit through doorways. And when they say go, we're going to wheel. One crew is taking the furniture out while everybody else is taking these. I call them islands because they were in different places in the middle of the room. Yeah. I said, we're going to bring in the islands and then we'll just scrumble some crap around the bottom so no one sees the wheels. Yeah. And, and it happened so fast. The ADs and the PAs were like, oh, can we help you? I said, no, help me by getting out of the way. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, sometimes you don't need the help because you need people. Well, you don't, I want don't somebody, need the questions. And you don't want them picking something up and putting well, it yeah, somewhere yeah. wrong. Like, And so I like to, now that I've gotten, like you get it done once and you're like, okay, that's not so yeah. crazy. It can be done. You Now it's like perfecting something. It's like, okay, I can perfect that mousetrap by, now let's make sure that only this person's touching these props and that person is zhuzhing over there and this person is loading yeah. the next thing. Like, let's delegate so we don't look bad on set because in a way yeah. it is... You don't want to, uh, you don't want people just stand there like, so what do I do? What do I do? We yeah. We talked about this. You're over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we should segue here, I think. To that video? To that video. So, the video is incredible. This video, which I was unaware of, so I should say I watched the first two episodes of Kidding. Yeah. And personally, because of the subject matter. Yeah, children. Uh, uh, twins. Yes. 
Uh, that's right. I couldn't do it. It is, and it won't get easier. So I didn't, and that's all I got is two, I got two episodes. And, and, and I watched it like last year. When you get to see, when you get to episode four, it might get easier and more interesting, but it's brutal. This show doesn't pull any punches. No, I, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. So this is, the backstory to this is, is Shayna is, um, is, you know, sort of a, a co-core. Right. And um, and while she's like, you know, recovering from, you know, one of her John's leaving, she sees Mr. Pickle's puppet time on TV and is inspired by it and decides to change her life. Right. And so this sequence, which is all done in one long shot. I cannot believe this. Yeah. And now, who are, are these set dressers? Those are my set dressers. Yeah. That's wardrobe. Yeah. I mean, and, and is it the AD who's calling out? Yes. But we rehearsed for two days beforehand. So, so uh, Phil Bufano, who's there in the blue shirt, pushing stuff around, uh, kind of gaffed this with Ken Turk, my lead. And, you know, of course, I've shopped it. It was, uh, let's find furniture that's light. Mm -hmm. Let's find furniture that has an equivalent. So we have the before and the after so that this section has, you know. Look how she's just nonchalantly, I'm coming in with my yoga mat. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just gonna, and, and because the camera was, was choreographed, to go left on this scene and then uh, a sequence and then right on this sequence and then a passage of time. But is that the same act? Is that supposed to be the same actress? That's yeah, we, at one time we have oh, an, a, have a stand in. Yeah. So so when she put when she's hitting the mallet on the wall, that was a stand in. Because doing of, of costume. Yes. Yeah. And so she went from a drug whore to like got her shit together. Got her shit together. And she's got taste. And she's got taste. She has this beautiful apartment. She has and friends. Doggy. She's had a birthday par uh, party. It might have been her sobriety birthday party. And she's going right out the door to go on a date with Mr. Pickles. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So who, first of all, so it took two days to choreograph. Yeah. So how long did you have, was it regular time, like a week, basically, before it shot, from yeah. when you got the script to when it shot? We knew about Shana's, um, I don't think it was the first episode, but I think we knew about Shana's, so I started... Uh, figuring out the light furniture thing and Max and the art director started working out which walls were going to flip around because mm -hmm. some of those walls flip around and at one point at the beginning I started decorating the tenement kitchen and they're like oh now that we've choreographed this we know that we'll never see the tenement kitchen so we don't in fact actually we don't want a tenement that, that's kitchen. helpful yeah so, so those <laughs> yeah. And, and, and some of the little uh, decorating zhuzhing that I had done in the apartment had to go away because we could not undress it fast enough. Right. Um, so we put those things that we wanted to do the detailing on the walls that flipped around. Um, but we coordinated with the grips so that, you know, those walls would flip around and then somebody would hoist down. The draperies came into uh, frame from the, from up in the perms, came down, you know, so everything was on cue. And um, so, yeah, the art department kind of came up It's such a beautiful dance. It is. It, and... Was it production's idea to videotape that? The, uh, the Eagle Eye camera? I bet it was um, Jake's, the director. It could have been his or Michelle's. That Maybe Michelle wanted to see because Jake was directing that one. And um, In fact, Jake is the one who posted it on um, Instagram or whatever. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. And such a tribute to how one set decoration can change in an instant, but also how many people it takes to get something like this done because I'll tell you what if I only watched the half of the final product I would have thought that it was like an edit yeah I absolutely would have thought that that was an edit and that's Michelle Gondry too uh, 
that show is every episode had a gag like that. So beautiful. And they're big gags too. There's a there's a uh, a gag in episode I think it's episode one where Jeff is now separated from Jill and <laughs> he decides to buy the house next door. Right. I got which, that far. Right. Which and and so there is through the whole series there's all these twin moments where things are twins because they have twins. They're looking out the window to each other, yes. like that type of the, ref the reflective. He, she doesn't know he's there, but he's right. literally following her, doing exactly what she's doing. If she turns around and goes and gets something and then goes back up the stairs, he does that too. And so it mimics the exact same thing. So for that gag, we built an entire house next door for that beautiful shot because <laughs> Michelle thought this is important enough and unique enough. And this is how he tells stories, you know? But are you, it's not sets that are so close together, like you're taking up, like it's like a life aquatic or whatever. It's not like that. You're shooting the two separate houses and then you're editing them together. To no. Shoot. It's, it is? You're taking out like the There was a, a huge stage space assigned to the second house. We call Jeff's, Jeff's empty house. But oh, Jeff's right. empty house was built next to Jill's house. And it's, you know, it's a mirror of it. Right. And, um, Yeah. Wow. And eventually, if you follow the show further along, that is also, you know, he, he goes over there a little bit, but his son eventually discovers that the house is unlocked, and then they kind of have pot-smoking parties over there, and, you know, right. So so the house, get, the house has a little bit more of a life, uh, mm -hmm. eventually. But initially, it was built for that shot. Wow. And so th that kind of filmmaking that Michelle has of, of pushing these boundaries and leaning into these kind of dreamlike images that he really believes in. It's so great. Is also, you know, it's like he's so a gutsy great. guy to just say, I'm an artist and here is the kind of stuff I want to be part of. And if, you know, and here's how it's going to go. And, you know, yeah. he's been around long enough that people respect him. And he has, he's you know. He's so good. And he has the proof that he can make it happen. He's so good in it. It's so sad. <laughs> oh, the show is the saddest thing. I, I mean, I really liked in that first episode where you don't really know that that's his sister. Mm -hmm. And you're sort of going, and then they all have dinner together. Yes. And I mean, I think if, if I was in another state and I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it, but I can't do it right now. But it's an amazing show. Yeah. yeah. And I can't believe he's not more recognized for it, to be quite honest. Yeah. I think he's phenomenal in it. You mean Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, you know, Jim Carrey is that artist that can be both tragic and comedy at the same time. And, and, and you see it like just click in like a wink of his eye or whatever, because he's, you know, close up a lot. You, that's the magic of that show. No, I, I don't think there could have been anybody else who had played that role. It Do you was, have much interaction with him? No. 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 I don't think I even met him. I walked in the door when they had a rehearsal once. He looked at me. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I had a great experience with Katherine Keener because, you know, I introduced her to her puppet studio. You know, so, so they're... The puppet studio, we could do a whole episode on. I'm sure. You have such phenomenal details in there down to minuscule little patterns hanging on the wall. All the instruments they use, the dressing underneath the tables. I mean, I said to you last year when... We were nominated for Veep, and you didn't get nominated for Kidding. I would like to give you my nomination because I can't believe how great that show looked. Well, thank you. And I am—I absolutely believe it. That set to me was like, man, I would. There's a lot of sets I'm like, I could have never done that, but I could have never done that. You have such a gift of details that are so relevant to the characters, 
but you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching it, you're just like, oh, this is a Muppet. And then you're like, oh my God, is that like, are there scissors, are there safety scissors back there? Like why would they use, or like, so did, I, I'm going to ask, obviously working on the Muppets helped. It did. So you had some sort of rev, like reference from their actual studios? Well, one, I had reference from their actual studios. And two, I just lived that show. I lived yeah. a show that was with, yeah, puppets, with puppets that was a live show, on, you know, because that's what Miss Piggy's uh, up late with Miss Piggy was supposed to be that was, yeah. a, you know, so I lived that. And then, you know, dealing with the puppeteers on Muppets. Um, we all are in the trenches together, literally the trenches. You're in 45. I remember running into it like a furniture store and you're like, I'm looking for a third scale sofa or something. <laughs> like, I got to cut the foot, feet off of something. And I'm like, Don, I can't help. I think we were Wurtz Brothers. Or something. Yes. I was like, I can't help you, ma'am. Oh my God. <laughs> How many times has Wurtz Brothers saved my ass? Uh, saves me all the time. Yeah. All the time. But so there was that reference of having done it with the Muppets and okay here we're putting on a show except we're putting on a show with puppets so there's these considerations for the puppets and the puppeteers and and so I came into kidding knowing that the puppeteers are king because they are if you're going to have the puppets the actors work they better have uh, accommodations to make that work and and then I also um, and that was some of the, the photos I think I sent you yeah. were of um, both visiting visiting an old friend somebody I've known almost for 20 years James Hayes, who designs walk-around costumes and puppets. And, um, and I went and photographed James's house and his studio, because he has his uh, studio on his property, because, and he's an independent, right? So that's just, it's him and he hires people with him, but they work out of the place. And, and that had a whole character to it too, right? It's homey, mm-hmm. it's, it's his own, he does, it's not corporate in any way, so he can do what he wants. And then I went to Swazzle Studio, and Swazzle, both James Hayes and Swazzle were building 50% of the puppets on the show. So Swazzle built 50%, and, and James Hayes built 50%. And I went, we went to Swazzle, and I didn't know them, um, um, the no, twins. I never heard of them. And um, they're in Glendale, and they are also professional pr- uh, puppet manufacturing um, craftsmen, but they're a lot more organized. <laughs> I want to say anal because, but it's not even that. It's just logical. They're, yeah, they're logical. Yeah. And James is much more of, you know, sort of just revels in the fact that he's, he is an artist. But what and he can great do that. reference to have two different examples. I didn't know it at the time. When I was doing it, I didn't know that that was how I would use that reference, but it became clear that Deirdre was James Hayes mm-hmm. and Swazzle became WROT, um, the puppet's shop yeah. at WROT, because... Deirdre was working with other people. She couldn't leave it a mess because she had like three or a couple other people working in there with her. Right. And, um, and yet at home, there were puppets in there that were experiments or things that she was dabbling in or old puppets. And then at WRT, they were mostly the puppets that were on the show because otherwise, what are they doing there? Right. So we, we were pretty purist about that. We had a few things, some marionettes that moved back and forth. Uh, or we split the marionettes a, a little bit, and we just kind of gave ourselves permission to do that because we kind of stuck to the laws. Like at, at WROT, I was trying to make sure that I had, um, you know, use kind of traditional uh, kind of uh, traditional ways of, of displaying stuff or, or storing stuff like, you know, Contigo bins and that kind of thing. And even and, like all the wigs, all of the hats, all of the like 
You got different all of that is <laughs> right there because all that stuff exists you know it's so great. tiny patterns to make puppet costumes tiny wigs for puppets you know did you have a realistic given a realistic budget for this did they have any idea how much this would be i mean you have bins here like mm -hmm. here's the blue thread here's the red thread like you have so much and not new shit either no like, it's been around these people use the same thread every time right. like so, but that was in the shopping of it. The budgeting of it, I don't even remember, Kim. I can't tell you. I, I know that I was always concerned. And again, being the cheap guy that I am, I started off with like, um, I, uh, Christine Staggs is my buyer. And so she did both season one and season two. And during the time season one was happening, um, sadly, Fox Drapery was going out of business. And so we made uh, Sonia a deal. And we said, hey, can we buy all this stuff? Oh, like we went that in there. Fantastic. Yeah. So sometimes unfortunate good timing. It was good timing for it was a win-win in a way. I mean, there was nothing we weren't going to stop the Fox sale. They, you know, they were right. turning that into like, you know, I don't um, know what it is. They, they turned it into a climbing gym for for what's his name? Rupert Murdoch's son. Like that's what it was going to be. What? Yeah, the entire drapery department so this his young billionaire son could have a climbing gym. I'm sure you'll have to edit right. that out. Yeah. Well, you, don't have, you don't have sponsors, so we don't No, care. I don't have to. Stogie Floggy, yeah. come get us yeah, for that. See? This is Netflix. We yeah. can do whatever we want. Um, but, so, so anyway, not that I digress, but the, um, those things, I think you, instead of me thinking, okay, we have to buy a bunch of thread, let's think about plan you know a cheap plan right. and, and if you put everybody on that program it's just like i can do a set for forty dollars if that's what you're saying what you're going to get for forty dollars we all are going to be happy with it right and because we started out cheap i was able to still afford to do some stuff that was custom like i think i sent you a picture of the the peg cart which is the puppet yes. cart so we had one of those on Muppets, and, and it was one of those things because I saw it on Muppets, and I'm like, that's real, damn it, you hired yes. me because I know these things, right? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. But I also liked, I wanted the puppet cart because it had height. Yeah. And, and Max uh, Orgel, who's our production designer. And it could be a cutting piece. It could be so many so things So many things, and you. it rolls, so it can, yeah. be, it can also be a prop. I'm helping you out. I'm, I know, but see, <laughs> those are the kind of things that, you know, you kind of, like, I think it's important, yet, I mean, we got to, like, shop all the meat and potatoes first. Let's make sure we get the couches bought and then reupholstered or whatever. All the stuff that takes long. Yeah. And then, you know, construction can build that peg cart and age it fairly quickly. So it kind of, you know, was not a major priority. Isn't and they were it, also still building all the sets at that point. Isn't it always um, so astonishing when you get the bill from construction? <laughs> yeah. It's um, because they have to pay someone, and the wages go into it, and then you got to paint it, and hours, and everything. And then fringe. <laughs> yeah. And fringe is what's you know thankfully what's is paying up for our health care, so I'm I'm happy to pay the fringe. But when when I need to get like a conference room table oh, built, yeah. well, there's twenty grand or ten grand, and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Well, it's like four days plus paint. We got to stain it, then we got to get transfer to bring it over for it. Like, you're like, oh. Shit, but, I can't get one. <laughs> you got me in a corner here. Yeah, but see, this is when I when I was an art director, I was on the other half side of that because I, you are. I know, you know, I you're, know. You're like, okay, this is the price of wood. This yeah, is the, on and, materials, and, these, and labor, if you just figure out how much the guys transpo. get paid. No, I know, but it's like, I play this game also where the painter... You know, we need stuff touched up, or I needed age. I need this thing. Mm. Well, do you need it? How many hours do you need a painter for? What do you mean? The painter's here all day. The painter. I'm just going to drop stuff off. 
and this is part of his day. I don't no. I don't I don't but go for it. But what if somebody did that to a set dresser and said, "Oh, can he just finish the producer's office?" That painter didn't for... come in to do your work yes. unless you put him aside to do it. No, that. no, no. The painter is there to age and paint the set and do paint. I don't go for it. I don't stand for it. I don't go for it. I don't care if any construction guys are listening to this. I don't go for it. Yeah. That's what the painter's there for. It's for all of us. But see, the painter's there, and, the, and this is why I will argue with you, because I think <laughs> I think that construction knows how many guys they can have as on. As long as I give them a heads up. Them. Right, but I think you have to give them a heads up yeah. to say, listen, I'm going to take one of your guys off of whatever it is you have him doing for next week's shoot or whatever. I need it for Friday's shoot. I need him to age this thing. Well, he wasn't going to do that. I know he wasn't going to do that. I've learned in the past now, give them a lot of work. Yeah. So give them six things to yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Build up. you got to build, build you up. You have to. You know what's interesting also about our job is that that problem-solving thing teaches us, like, and I don't remember what, I just had a flash in my head, but of those kinds of things where you have to solve the problem of building furniture because you're going to pay for it, right? Yeah. So suddenly I have to know how furniture goes together or suddenly I have to think about what materials and then suddenly I'm like, okay, well, I can do, I've seen that at a thrift store or I've seen that yeah. at this this uh, this place that has you know knockoff furniture or whatever and because I'm the cheap guy, I decide, okay, I'm going to buy that top and, yeah. and, and the part that's difficult for construction to build is all this curved lines of these chairs or whatever yeah. so i found this thing to help i like that part of the job Me because too. again you're building a custom desk that no other show will have exactly and and i well, i'm trying to build something i'm trying to replicate something that existed sure that i know we can't get right also i have i feel like i have run into that problem a lot in the last couple of years of like i'm trying to duplicate something that doesn't exist anymore yes <laughs> so which i know we all run up yeah. against too it's like no, I want that desk to be that. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to like find a round desk and it be. I want that desk. But there you go back to the when we make the job dip more difficult on ourselves. <laughs> yes. But that is also, I will argue, yes. why they hired us. Yes. They because, know that we're going to do it. Yes, because we're overachieving yeah. kind of people like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I there's a point where if someone tells me, by the way, that's deep background. Okay, never mind the desk, you know, yeah. then I don't need, you know, but in, in, in my movie, and I use that expression a lot because it is in my head that you know, as soon as I read the script, I've got the movie going. Oh, yeah. And in my movie, George Stephanopoulos' desk is the center of the scene and then they go down the hall. Yeah. So I know there's footage here. Monica's up on it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're going to get it. <laughs> you can't tell us too much. <laughs> oh, well. It's... Some of it's history, right? Yeah, no, it's the history. I mean, it's. It's fantastic. From what I read, which now they'll probably have to rewrite, but Some of it, yeah. it's really it's dark, and it's it's kind of dark funny, mm -hmm. but it's good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I mean, I'm again in the White House, which is one of the reasons I took it because I thought, well, I know how to do this. Yes, and I don't want a hard job right now. I got twins. I know yes, I'm tired. I don't want a hard job. I know how to do White House. I know it's period. All right, that puts another layer on it. One of the challenges. I mean, the we tried to match as much as we could, but like so there was a fake president. You could do yeah. what you want. I wasn't yeah, yeah. like replicating Reagan or whatever. Yeah. This, I was like, this is like, I like this challenge. It's still something I'm really familiar with, but I have to match it. So now I'm like matching it, but not. Mm -hmm. So it's like another challenge on top of my challenge. Well, you know, and they often say in the spirit of, like they know you sometimes, a lot of things, I've, like in kidding, last, last season, first season we had, 
um, the end of the season, um, he was lighting the presidential Christmas tree, right? And, um, you know, so we had to have the exact oh, right yeah. Christmas tree, the exact right podium, the, of course, the presidential seal. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you get as much as you can right. And those challenges are fun because, I mean, I'm, I don't veer towards those jobs mostly, but every once in a while those are great, you know? Yeah. No, I love, and I love actually this little bit of camaraderie of like calling up Jan Pascal and be like, all right, listen, I looked for six days. Where did you get the chairs? <laughs> yeah. I've tried. I tried to do it on my own. Like I've called her, I think twice. And I've been like, look, I can't find the chairs that you had invited. Like, where did you get that? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I like that little, there's like a circle of people who it have done used to be like that. I think I'm glad to say, again, because of the SDSA, I think this happened. Yes, yes, Set yes. Set yes. Society of America, finally, in you know, all the years that we've been in the business, I mean, it's Set Decorator Society has been around for 25 now, yeah. plus. Um, <clears throat> but before that, it was almost like we were enemies, you know, scowling at each other in the halls, <laughs> you know, shopping. That's my chair. That's yeah. my chair. Yeah. And it's, it's the, the temperature has changed so much. And, it's, yeah. and, and I think by looping also in all of the vendors, it became the the community. I could just live in the set decorating community and not even know I'm in Los Angeles or yeah. California or United States. I'd just be happy living there because it is a real community. And and so, yeah, you can ask people these yeah. questions. And I think, and people have called me about stuff. Yeah. People doing White House stuff. Hey, where did you get the ticket? Yeah. And I'm more than happy to help anyone out yeah. because if I can help you out as, in one little world, I know you got ten other things. Bazillion other things to check off your list. So if I can help you, cool. Yeah. Cool. I might not give you all my resources. <laughs> well, that's true, and you know that's that's the that's other actually thing. not. I don't care. I don't care. I don't it's care like, anymore. You know what? There, there is enough work for care. all of us, and in a way, it's like even if I gave you the exact same sources that I had for some show. The way we put it together, because all this furniture has been different. rented before, it will be oh, yeah. absolutely different because of your point of view. In fact, I think one of the interesting things is, is that, um, and sometimes I like to let this happen, is shop a set. I don't even know if I let it happen, but it does happen. Where, am I not speaking into it? Oh. No, no, no. Oh. Um, speak is is the five tons going to come and we're doing Joe's office or whatever it is. And... Um, and the guys know something about Joe's office that like, but they start dressing the room before I get there. Sometimes what they come up with is something I would not have because I'm true. in my movie. Oh, true. And I, you know, and, sometimes, and then I get jealous. Yes. And then I get jealous. Like shit. I didn't think of that. I had all this time. I thought about this for three days Yeah. and he came in and put that one piece over there. And I was like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got that piece, but you really nailed it. That was really good. But I was going to put it over here, but it looks better over It there. looks, you know what? I go with that more more times than not. So and do I. If, unless so the I. director said the chair and the thing and the something need to be in these places. I have this sort of sense when I'm decorating too that it can, it is, I always say it's kind of like Mexican food. There's cheese, there's sour cream, there's beans. You know what I say? There's only eight ingredients yeah, in Mexican food. They're, they're, and that's <laughs> but they've made a million awesome combinations yes, with it. But there's yes. only eight ingredients. And you can keep mixing up these things. <laughs> and that is what's I, I, that is one of the things I always thought that there should be like an... You know I taught uh, set decorating for yes, a yes. couple of years. And I always thought there should be an advanced class on set dressing. Because there could be like so many ways to do these things. 
and there can be like symbolism and then there could be better feng shui of the set yeah. and then there can be like some clunky ass way of doing it and that would be make sense for the character or or that you know uh and and those kinds of contributions that either come from crew or and again michelle gondry when we were doing kidding he had this idea he's like i like this idea because we have this hallway in the middle of the studio and he's like when i was working at this studio when i was first getting involved in film he said there was all this old equipment and they would just take it out and we got new equipment and they just left it in the hall he says i worked there for yeah. years and he said the old equipment never left mm -hmm. and so we copied that because michelle yeah. said that's like he goes he was started talking about that and we we're like oh i love that's a great idea so this we is... end up leaving that in the hallway but here's the thing i had the same thing on veep they leave extra furniture when new senators move in they just leave shit in the hallway and you uh -huh. want a desk chair maybe there's one down the hallway yeah. and there's shit in the hallway yeah does it read let's go into that does it read because you know the ideas in our head or what it says in the script because i've had i had uh, and then you frame up the camera it looks like uh, you know kim's a junkie decorator yeah, she's like, throws like shit the oh hallway. they forgot to take that furniture out of the middle of the hallway or like, she just loved that chair so much she shoved it in front of camera no there was a whole there was an idea there was a whole huge storyline on veep where they go to these two they go to camp david they go to one cabin but then they switch cabins in the middle of the thing, and you like, and we did this tremendous switch over at like three in the morning, and everybody had to be a part of it, and, yeah. and curtains and blah, blah 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 furniture. But they cut it out. Right. They cut out the two lines that explain that. Oh. So all of a sudden, they're just in another cabin. And it doesn't match. It doesn't match. Now, I am a perfect example of I watch. I, Veep was my favorite show before I worked on it. I had to watch every episode at least two to three times just to comprehend what the hell was going on. Yeah, they talk so it fast. It goes so fast. The joke is so fast. You're laughing. You missed it. Yeah. So, to me, I'm like, is anyone going to get that? Is anyone going to understand that they switch cat? No. no. I watched that episode so many times. So, I think when we make these decisions, sometimes the research of reality doesn't read for us. Correct. And, and that's when you have to surrender. Yeah. And and sometimes that surrender is why, you know, like, well, obviously you have to surrender on set, but sometimes surrendering to, like, stuff that just goes wrong and then yeah. goes wrong. I mean, uh, again, with, like, Muppets and stuff, you had to make furniture for that. Well, you know, so I have to clarify that, first of all, is that, you know, the Muppets live in the real world. So we didn't make all the furniture oh. um, smaller. But? But that anytime they sat on a chair, we owned it. Right, because you had to cut legs. So, yeah. So, you know, I come on set one day and this beautiful couch, I should have known, but this beautiful couch I got from Bridge Props um, had, you know, like a plate size hole cut in the middle of Miss Piggy's ass. So, yes, you got to, and sometimes you don't have the time to do that. You're getting all the permanent sets together. But, but shouldn't they have talked to you about that? Well, it was, it was me a little bit being like, I just got to get the permanent sets together. Well, yeah. And at some point, you know, because I was so upholstering a lot. Yeah. But it, so what sort of restrictions did you have for those puppeteers? Like you had to make holes in everything at a certain radius? Yeah. Or? So we usually would not cut the hole until we had a rehearsal with them. Um, just because we sometimes, the, the director, because, you know, it's a, every week it's a different director very often, um, might not want her sitting over there. And the, right. this week we want her over here. So a perfect example of that would be Miss Piggy's green room, um, where we built this long couch. And we made doubles of all the cushions so that any cushion they wanted to switch out, we could put in a oh, cushion with a hole. Well, that's smart. 
Yeah, you start to think of these things when you're yeah. on a show. Like, and that's what I love about our job is that it's always these weird problem solving. It's yeah. like, you know, like I'm, I know it's not a pterodactyl's nest this no. week. It's about, you know, it's figuring out how I'm going to hide the puppeteer or what's a comfortable place for the puppeteer to be under the set with his monitor so he can see what he's doing. Because I'm all into Sesame Street right now. <laughs> oh, I bet. So I'm, I'm just constantly watching. They don't use a lot of furniture. But I'm constantly watching, like, how did they choreograph this? Like there's three Muppets in this one shot that's like almost two people per Muppet. Yes, it's usually two. And then it's like, how did they get, how are all these people, and I've watched a couple making ofs, and the people are like, oh. oh they're squished under they're there. They're so squished. And I'm like, man, that is a job. We, that is love. We used to do, the every almost almost every episode on the Muppets had a production meeting, because they were always putting on the Miss Piggy, <laughs> right. late, late night with Miss Piggy. And then, you know, the production meeting was this huge conference table we built, and then, you know, the backs of chairs, right, which were up on C-stands, you know, and right. all of this is 42 inches off the ground. And and so it was it was more interesting than, I know the Muppets was a great show, but sometimes it was more interesting oh, watching yeah, what show. was going on under the table. Yeah. It's incredible, really. That's and the artistry and the fact that they can watch the monitor and either do it backwards or, or get I know. it. And the eye and lines the are right. Yeah, the eye lines are right and the hands... And they're picking up stuff yeah. now, and the, there's a fairy dot. Like it's incredible. It's incredible. I'm so impressed by Sesame Street still. Yeah. Forty years later, fifty well, years later, like I love that it still retains the magic, really. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, I had decorated our nursery and all like old, like vintage Disney. So I was like, oh, this is cute. And it's like mid-century and it's uh -huh. orange and it's gray and it's cute. They don't give a shit about Mickey. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think, too, Muppets are more manageable for little children to Relate see. to. And I don't, actually, I don't actually let them watch cartoons. They've only watched Sesame Street mm -hmm. because I don't want the flashing or whatever. But they're so much more into Sesame Street than anything Mickey Mouse. But aren't they even more relatable? Yeah. Because they're 3D. I think so. I think that's the thing, too, of like, is that a person? What is that? I'm accepting that. I love that. All right. I love you, Elmo. Like, yeah. It's, I think, too, it's such a good value system. Yes. Like, they love all these different colors. They love all these different people. And it's, I don't know, I have, this, I have such respect for Sesame Street. It's like, and, and Muppets. I mean, the Muppets I grew up with, I love Muppets. I put the Muppets on for them the one night. They weren't into it. Oh. One day. They, yeah. They were like, oh, this is too... Guys up in the balcony, Kermit. There's a there's a motorcycle. I don't know. They were like, ah. well, your kids are still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know. But it's so funny to me. You mentioned colors, and I want to go into that too yeah. for Muppets because, yeah. so when we're doing a set, any set, you know, you're looking at the actors. Okay, like you know, the, the, this woman's blonde. Okay, I know blonde people. I know what colors they look right. good in. Right? right. She's redhead. This other person's redhead. I know what kind of colors those Piggy. people. Piggy. Right? <laughs> now we're decorating. Everybody is nobody is a skin color. Nobody is a color that you're right. used to. And now you're building sets that all of the colors are showing up in the same room and somebody's going to disappear. And that became a challenge. Like, so suddenly, you know, instead of your, your normal bag of tricks of like, I know how to decorate for a redhead. Now I'm decorating for somebody who's pink. Right. And then wall colors. Same thing. You got to also go off of that. I'm yeah. Denise, Denise yeah. and I were constantly like making jokes about that. They're like, you know, because there's two puppets in the room and and they're like, you know, opposite ends of the color spectrum. And you're like, what color is left? <laughs> Someone's not going to look good. Somebody's not going to be flattering. <laughs> yes, Someone, exactly. Miss Piggy probably should win every She year. always won. Yeah. Miss Piggy always I feel won. Like she should always win. And then, and then Kermit. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you worked with Denise also in Community. For years, yes. And how many seasons of Community did you do? So I did the I did season three, four, and five. Did you yeah. love it? I loved it. You and loved so the story with that one is just to talk about a little bit. So here I am again, this film student, this film snob. I'm doing film forever, right? Right. Doing movies, movies. Oh, Don Dears, he's a movies guy. He only does movies. Yeah. And and Ken calls me, um, Ken Turk, my lead man, and and I. Ken who was, Denise loves. Who too. Denise loves, and yeah. it was Denise's lead man as well. Yes. So he had done movies with Denise, not only my lead man. And and he calls me and says, hey, Don, you know, um, uh, Denise is moving up to become a production designer. Um, we need a decorator on this TV show. And I'm like, hold it right there. I'm doing a movie right now. Right. <laughs> so I didn't tell him I was doing a tier zero movie. Well, that doesn't need Nobody to had to know that. No, I was no, still no. this, you know, a feet artist doing <laughs> movies only. I'm doing movies. And it was so difficult. And I, it was an art film. It was a so, passion, it passion was, film. I, I lost the passion real quick. <laughs> I went and visited them at the set at Paramount. And I'm like, oh, let me, you know, because I'm friends with Denise and Ken forever. I'm going to go see what this show is. They, they aren't going to lie to me. So I'm going to go see. And I fell in love with it. And I had to, like, quit the movie and replace myself <laughs> and the whole deal. And, um, and I wasn't used to doing episodic TV, because, you know, it, you get the script on, you know, hopefully the week before. Hopefully, yeah. You know, on Community, uh, Dan Harmon would be, a, it was a genius, he's a, still is a genius, writing stuff, but unfortunately sometimes the genius didn't hit or didn't get the yeah. final script until Thursday night, so we worked a lot of weekends or just had to hustle, right? Yeah. Were and, you every Monday a new episode? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, depending on the season, but I think Parks... Uh, most of the seasons, Monday was a new episode. Yeah. I can get into that. I, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Speechless was that, too. But so Monday, if you're prepping, you basically have off. Tuesday, you have your uh, concept meeting. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, uh, remember, Thursday, you have your tech scout and your production meeting. And Friday, we have our art department meeting. Mm -hmm. That's how our little world yes. usually works. But if you're not getting pages or scenes till Thursday night... You, you have to work the weekend. Right. We would have these things on community um, that we dubbed story time. <laughs> and it was because Dan did not have the scripts finished in time. And so Sabrina, the costume designer, Denise, the production designer, uh, myself, Ken, uh, the ADs, um, props, which was Rhonda Robinson, we would all go to, um, uh, like, Pat, the producer's office, and... Um, or Dan's office. We'd go to Dan's office and we would sit there and Dan would rattle off everything that was going to happen in the episode. Mm -hmm. And we would sit there and take notes furiously. <laughs> and yeah, and then you would ask a few questions and yeah. if you had a chance to, like, if, oh, could it not be a pterodactyl's nest or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever, you know, no, it's got to be whatever it is. So you would be able to pick his brain there. And that was the how that show got made. Yeah. So And it was the closest thing to being in like some kooky, like it was like the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> you know, we were like zany characters and crazy things going on. Okay. Now, is that in the, is that in the fictitious timeline or is that in the op-ed's evil timeline or, you know, like all these kinds of like. You don't have to talk to me, man. I did the good place. Yeah. You're, many, yeah. Exactly the same thing. We had to do, or like, is this the bad place? Is this the real bad place? Or are we faking the bad place? Right. Or are we really in, so now that we're really in the good place, now what is it? Like, right. it was like. It was, I love those brain exercises because it's uh, not just about the couch anymore. Until they don't shoot it in order. And then you're like, wait oh. a minute. Take 67 is day one on Tuesday. But then you got scene 58 on 
What? Now we got to redo the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. That's show business. If it was easy, everybody would do it. I know. That's. True. I mean, that's what we signed up for. And, you know, I do kvetch about that stuff a lot. I know. Because it is. It's like, and then you just have to, like, you know, again, surrender. It's like, okay, I have 15 <laughs> minutes before the prop house is closed. I hope that I can get something done. Thank God. I don't know how we would do it if they didn't have websites now. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how it has to be sometimes. Yeah. And I think now probably even more. Even but, more so, but but yeah, but websites help us tremendously. Mm-hmm. And 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 prop houses who are on board and have give us dimensions and everything, they allow all these sets to get done. Yeah, it's it's only as good as we are to get these pieces. And thank God our vendors are so flexible with us. I think that part is genius. And you know, I I, uh, I will speak to the uh, the the what I told the producers on kidding when I took the job the first time and the second time, which is that I said, I'm not a decorator. And I meant that in that I'm not the one sitting here at my desk doing all this on the computer and my buyers out there doing most of the work. I'm going to try to take 50%. I never can get 50% of it done because I have, you know, scouting and production meetings and then art department meetings and everything else. And then I'm the one actually dressing the sets with whatever the buyer and I come up with. But um, I pride myself, or it's part of my process. I don't even know if it's a pride thing. It's part of my process where I want to see the furniture in person, and I want to, I want to get ideas from the furniture. And, and so I was going to talk earlier about, uh, you know, like the, what I call the bubbling well. Mm-hmm. Like talking about finding character and, mm-hmm. what, you know, like who is this person and how am I going to... The, the script is giving me nothing, but I know it's important, and later on it might be important or we know this much about the person, I love like going to secondhand stores, thrift stores, antique stores to get that inspiration. Yeah. Because it is somebody's real furniture. And it, especially oh, yeah. like yard sales where you see yes. this is the person whose yes. stuff that is. The The Melrose Flea Market has saved me a yeah. million times. The Rose Bowl. Right. I mean, Wurtz Brothers, we talked about that. There's a Long Beach uh, Flea Market, I think once a month. Right. Yeah. I like DAV too on Magnolia, like that place. Oh, yes. Thank God it's still there. Oh, yeah. They moved further down the street. Oh, yeah. But those kind of places, because the stuff is there, it may not even be anything that you're going to buy, but somehow, and this is sort of that that je ne sais quoi part of our job, where it might be some idea that you don't even know you got. Oh, Craigslist to me is invaluable. Right. And sometimes not even, like, just to get ideas. Yeah. Like, wait, you're selling this sofa? Is this what... A 30-something it has right now? All right, cool. Right. Now I'm going to look for something like that. Or like, I say it all the time, Airbnb. I use Airbnb as a research tool all the time. We did that. So I was doing Kidding Second Season, and we have this sequence that takes place in Croatia, 1991. Yes. Right? You're like, okay, pterodactyl I've never done that before. And it's taking place during the the Serbian-Croatia conflict, right? So, and, and, you know, I only bring that up because, you know, I was like, Okay, I think I know what Serbia is, but I haven't had done the research before. So I did the same thing you're talking about. Is I went to Airbnb and looked in like Zebgrab or wherever I went to see what do these houses look like. Because I don't want to do like a cliche version of this. Right. But then I would notice like, oh my God, they really love that red and white check. Yes. Like there were some things you just yes. like chew off of and you're like, okay, uh, this is, I'm not making this up and it's not no. going to be like a cartoon version of these people. It is, I'm seeing, I can prove but it. But that either. happens too, I think with us. Sometimes we get like, oh, I got, I've got 10 great pieces of research here mm-hmm. to get them all together or, and with the designer 
And it is that thing again, like, I gotta let go of five of them. Yes. Because it's gonna look like. Well, you can't shove all this stuff in one box. Yeah. I'll save it for the next Croatia set. Right. That's very hard for me. It's so hard to uh, do. Because I'm a pack. Doilies. Like, you're like, oh, man, they're really into doilies. And then you're like, oh, this looks like grandma's house. Like, I got a woman. Well, you know, and this is this is one of those things that I think is part of the advanced class of set decorating. It is about editing. But editing. it's also about finding the exact right piece. So uh, when I did Down With Love, it was a movie that was set in 1963. So beautiful. I love that movie. Thank you. That was, so the, the assignment on that was that it was supposed to look like a movie that was shot in 1963. It wasn't Perfect. supposed to be really 1963. I see. Yeah. It was supposed to be one of those Rock Hudson, Doris Day kind of, you know, bedroom, uh, what do they call Pillow Talk. Yeah, yeah, Pillow Talk, yeah. Kind of films. And so to, you had to find what is that, and, and also 1963 was not cluttered the way we are today. Well, you know, yeah. You had, you had a couple books. You had a telephone. You have, That's so much harder. Right, because it has to be the well-chosen piece. You know what I always say? I am so jealous of Ellen Brill. Why? For one thing. Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah. Was so inspirational to me when it was on. and mm -hmm. Because it would be one boss. Oh, yeah. And I would think to myself, how? How did she pick one yeah, boss? Yeah, you narrow it down. <laughs> how did you do that? How did you do that? But that goes back to your criteria <laughs> about Croatia is you have to thrive, yeah. throw out five yeah. of your Croatia best bits. Yeah. And that part of the exercise is both painful and educational, right? Yes. Because I think ultimately, if you had enough time and you know, whatever, is that you could narrow it down to say, well, th for this criteria, we have to know this about the character. We want to know his economic, you know, that his socioeconomic place. Mm -hmm. And this is part of the color palette. Let's right. say those are the three criteria right. you're going to stick with. For picking whatever that object is, I mean, then well, it's all about rules that we're setting up for ourselves. Completely, but they're only in our heads, right? Nobody else knows this stuff. <laughs> because I've, I was, what I would say is like, oh, that chair didn't make it on set. Like it got dropped off, or whatever. Right. It, it, somebody else took whatever. Right. Whatever. No one knows that but me and the crew. Right. No one in the audience will ever know that. No. That I picked my second choice. Right. And that to me, that first choice meant everything. But the second choice is in there. It's good. Well, and you mentioned earlier in one of the other podcasts about having a B story. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that is it. It's like yeah. stuff happens. Shit happens. Yeah. And again, the audience doesn't know. And we are just telling a story. It might not have been the story that you meant to tell. Yeah. But sometimes, and this is the thing I'm trying to lean into in my, you know, now in my years, uh, years after my older age, I don't know what I want to say. After this much Your experience. After this many years of experience. <laughs> yes is I'm trying to lean into it was meant to happen. Oh, that's a good way to think of it. And this is one of the things I'm going to segue to because now I am making more art and yeah. I've been making my abstract paintings and now I'm leaning into this whole sort of collage thing that I've been doing. And sometimes, you know, you spend a lot of time cutting out a little guy because I'm doing, I'm doing analog collage, mm -hmm. not doing digital. And so the piece of paper is the original piece of paper and if you mess it up, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. and, and so... It doesn't matter. It's my art. No one's yeah. conditioning it. Like well, it's, that's the thing. No one. No knows. one else is going to know. <laughs> you should have had two arms. Uh, yeah. What? Well, <laughs> yeah. So you know, some of that is part of the artistic process. Is like, okay. Is that part of, like, uh, one of the things that I have uh, a minute to do when I get home from work? You know, after you do what you got to do, I just want to watch Housewives. Oh, really? I just want to not, or any sort of stupid reality yeah. type thing. I don't want to think about a plot. 
Yeah. I don't want to think. I just want to laugh. Yeah. I want to. I, I, if I could watch Caddyshack, probably every day I would. Like, I don't. I want to zone out. I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to make any decisions. I don't care what we eat for dinner. I don't want to make another decision. I just want to zone out yeah. for like a half hour. And I think that's one of the reasons I watch like Housewives of a lot of Bravo because I don't. I don't have to think about it. It's, I don't have to think it's about a easy. Plot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we have to. You know, because we're on from six a.m. till like nine at night, right? Yeah. And, and that brain is going. And again, I'm thankful to have a job that employs my brain. We don't ever. have to do crossword puzzles. No. Our brain is on. <laughs> no. I know. I never. I can't even fathom that. First of all, I can't spell. so it's, it's Neither a, can I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always uh, blame my Catholic school. We never really. We went we would like mass every week, but we never would like focus on spelling. Oh, right? God. We'll have to talk about Catholic school. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, decompressing, you have to figure out a way to do it. I mean, sometimes for me it's been cooking, but now, you know, it's it's art. Making and your art. Instagram. And my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And, and, you know, really it is Instagram for me because it is, um, it is about just observing things and then deciding to photograph. And, and it has to be disposable for me because you're, you're letting it go into the, the Ethernet, yeah. like, right? Like, okay, I took this picture of this thing, I transplanted. You know, I, I zhuzhed it or I added color or I did something or I collaged it because yeah. now I can do that with Instagram. You do a lot of like kaleidoscope and then I think as a viewer, you got to figure out what, what was actually shot there that you've made into this piece of art. Well, that's part of my story too it. is that I, I don't necessarily it. want you to know what it is. Yeah. Or sometimes, and sometimes I decided that if you make it too cryptic, it's not as approachable. So sometimes you want to see what it is. Well, how, how did he get there? Yeah. Like, what were the pieces? Because sometimes that, I think, makes the art a little more approachable. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I I enjoy the the thought process of looking at this image that you've put up there because I know you've taken time. Mm-hmm. I know that it's distinct and it's something that you're, you focus on and, you, and it's art. And I always, I'm always sort of like, I always stop at your things and I'm always sort of like, wow. This guy's like making art on freaking Instagram. Like, what yeah, am I doing? Yeah, like, but, you know, the, and the beautiful part of it, I mean, it, it's, it's so great. It's so accessible too. I you don't love need anything Instagram. other than a phone and and an idea. Yeah. yeah. Because you can literally, like, some of my photographs are literally things that are out of focus. That you know, like you, yeah. some weird thing. I'm not often, but sometimes, and a lot of them sometimes have like a second meaning, or they're a, they're not political, but there might be some sort of social comment, and. I have been a photographer for years, shooting I love stuff. Photography. Yeah, and used to always shoot like age jobs and signage and weird that kind of stuff that I was documenting in a way, like oh I want to shoot this to remember it in a right. way. And I think Instagram now for me is sort of like when I took photo class in high school, where you would share the process with somebody else, and there would be comments or there would be you know like people had you know, observations about your photographs and, and that was helpful and, and yeah. it helps you grow. We want input. Yeah. We want input on stuff. I mean, otherwise we just think we're doing great things and just like... And you know, the <laughs> crazy... Sometimes you need the criticism. Like I do, I need... Yes. I, I need that. Well, it's just like not knowing which way that, that piece push. of furniture went in the room is that suddenly somebody else comes in and says, hey, what about... And you're like, well, I never thought of that. And then... But, yeah. you but know. I think that's what also is that collaboration with designers. Yes. Like that little push, and it's not that they're being a, a dick about it. Some are, mm-hmm. but uh, that little push of like, "Hey, I think we could make this a little bit more," or "Let's focus over here a little bit." Yes, more. I appreciate that, and you know I what? Too. I have to tell you, uh, because I make my own movie, in my head, I have to be, I have to be collaborative. 
And, and, and so I'm at my best when I'm doing that because I can go off any direction you suggest. You know, right. I've been doing this long right. enough that we if you say, do whatever you want. No, I can do whatever no, you want. give me more leprechaun. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but what it means to me today, <laughs> right? Because that's... Let's go leprechaun. You know, that kind of, those kind of brain things are perfect for people like us where they yeah. say that. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, you're dealing with a creative person. Sure, I'll give you something that... You yeah. know, Marjorie has a leprechaun kind of what? I don't know, but, you know, you just interpret it. They're also privy to so much more information than we are. Designers, yes. They're in different... They're in the scout fan all day. They've they've been to other meetings. They've been, had one-on-one with the writer or create whatever. Mm-hmm. That I feel like, even if there was times of, like, mistaken stuff, well, I never got that known. Right. Like, you might have gotten it, or, hey, we shouldn't have done this because, and you're like... Well, I never. No one yeah. told me that. Like, I can, I can go with that. You yeah. want more red? I got red. I got my leprechaun. I can do that. All I need is the note. Right. And we can do it. I appreciate getting that stuff even during the day when they hear it, because yeah. literally oh, yeah. often at the time I get that note, even if it's a text or a phone call, it's like when I'm tagging that thing or I'm yeah. li- literally at the cash register. I'm like, oh, you want more pink? Boy, I mean, hang on. Yeah. You can get in front of me in line. I got, yeah. my, I saw pink in the back of the store. Yeah. Those kinds of things, because we are making, and we're spending a lot too, yeah. but we're making ideas and we're creating these visuals that happen in hours. I mean, I was oh, yeah. commenting about, you know, kidding is that because we're all the way at Sony and most of the prop houses are now, almost all of them are in the valley, is that it was 45 minutes from the time I left there to get somewhere, so I need, you know, I need time. Yeah, well, that's the bummer of it, and that's why the website's become so critical at, right. like, 5.55, mm-hmm. and it has to pick up at 7. Right. But driving in this town has never been helpful. I don't care if oh. there's traffic or not. It's just, it's a massive city. It's a massive, and, and that, I don't know if we can get around that. I mean, we can by ordering things online and, and that, Um I don't know, you know, and that was the other thing I've <laughs> tried to make lemonade out of all that is, is I try to take different streets too, because, yeah. I'm, because I'm always redesigning the city as I'm driving. I'm like, oh my God, this freeway exit needs more, you know, oh, I give love us a treat. I love ways so yeah. I can go down different streets yes. every day. I love to weave because now I'm at Fox and even now I just weave yeah. my way home. But you always see something different. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if you are in traffic, you're I'm looking out the window. The, I can't do it. I'm sure uh, it's an obvious answer, but all of your travels have definitely given you an eye-opening experience to either color or textiles and, and textures and everything. And, and cultures. And, and do you have, a, you have a plan? You're going to go some, like your next trip, you think? Well, <laughs> Whenever. We, we, were leaving for, uh, we were leaving for Tokyo on March, uh, March 20-something of this year. And, of course, that was a kibosh this year. Um, but have you been to Tokyo? I haven't been to Japan oh, at all. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. You know, once you, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, there was some song my mother used to sing, but uh, how are you going to, it was like, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Perry? Well, it was a you know, post-World War II little song, but it was true, is that after you start to see the world, oh, yeah. you're like, oh my God. Thirsty. You're yeah, thirsty I want to see it. more of that. Yeah. I never thought I wanted to go to China. I, it wasn't on my radar. It was not something yeah. I related to. It was, I'd never done a book report on it in school or something. <laughs> but um, Taylor was, my husband was working there, and so we got to go there. 
And it blew me away, first of all, because it was so not United States. And we're not even on their radar. Like, they have their own, they have their own Google. They have their own absolutely everything. Really? Yeah. I mean, it is, you go there, they don't need us at all. That is, <laughs> it is their insulated bubble. And it's a little strange. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, the best part what of it. What cities were you in? So we were in Beijing, and we went to, I'm going to say something like, and I'm not going to say it right, I'm going to say Yangsheng Province. We took the bullet train there, because we were going, Taylor designs theme parks, and we were going to go look at some not-so-well-designed theme parks, some duds, yeah. to see what, what, where... What didn't work. What didn't work, yeah. and where was, where was the threshold in China of... They still make business, but the, the, the storytelling was a little failed, or the, the queue lines were messed up. The stuff that theme park designers are looking at. Right. I was going to make Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a different I knew what I was there for. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went, I only had gone to like two cities, because I was there for only a week. Oh, wow. you know, but I did spend some time at the flea market twice. And, and then um, I know one SGSA meeting, uh, you, can't, you were at the meeting, and I go, Don, you were posting with camels this morning. <laughs> what are you doing here? I know. I just you flew went... back from Abu Dhabi the day before. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy that you were there. It was... How were you not jet lagged? Or were you? I was so jet lagged. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And China. China's even worse. But Abu Dhabi's pretty bad. You know, it's like you know, fourteen or fifteen hour flight. That seems like a very influential trip of just textures and. Just absorbing design and... And you know what it is also is that if you go with your set decorating eye there, it's like everything is interesting. So who is the person? Here is the building. And like, you know, um, Arabic kind of architecture is so different than kind of the architecture here. Same with Chinese architecture and not, not, I'm not talking about pagodas or something like that. Um, and, and And those nuances... I think only highlight when you start to see a nuance you know, in the United States or for another character that we're talking about. So that, and then also that kind of wonderlust or that guts to go and say, okay, I, uh, for instance, when I was working on the theme park, uh, I was at Abu Dhabi for four months. They sent me to Romania because Romania was really cheap and they had a vendor there. These incredibly well-trained uh, sculptors were sculpting stuff for all the different rides at uh, Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi. And, um, I was hired as an art director, but I, they knew that my strengths were really as a set decorator, and we were doing Scooby-Doo's Mansion, and so I was sent to Romania to work with a decorator there who was boots on the ground there, and she was sending us stuff for weeks of wow. all these pictures, and I'm like, yeah, I think Alice, I can't tell what I'm looking at, or you know, can you find a better one? And she keeps sending me the same thing. So they sent me there, and... Um, um, it's, you know, you, you end up being sort of immersed in this culture and then sort of just jump along for the ride. So she takes us, she says, uh, she says, well, today we're going to go, um, I have a friend whose father died and, and everything in the house is going to be sold. And I, oh my God, that's great. You know, cause I'm just looking for antiques well, yeah, and just... they all have to come from Romania because that was, the sorry, vendor. he died. <laughs> well, yeah, I have, of course. Yes. There you go again. I'm going to go straight into like, I'm about to... oh great. You think Hello? we can get a deal? How are you doing? <laughs> By the way, can I go up in the By attic? The, yeah. <laughs> is this mattress? Did he die in the bed? Yeah, is the mattress? Is, is the it bed? clean? Turn flip yeah. it. <laughs> I, I posted on Instagram that day because I was like, literally, I am going up in an attic in Transylvania to go and look for things in the attic. Like, 
When can you say that sentence? Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. And found great stuff, yeah. And, you know, but it also <laughs> is, you know, it, those things are also both exotic and then the same. Like, they're not unlike the, the, the garage sale where you saw the woman who's selling it, too. You know, right, you, right. you can put, the, like, for instance, that house, I didn't know who the man was. You could put together the whole story of who he was. And they were opening cabinets. I mean, everything was still stocked. Everything was still there. And they were like, yeah, sure, well, you know, how much are you paying? You know, sure, we'll sell it. <laughs> but, you know, it's always interesting, but... all that, that whole process about, like, you know, these wishes and in my movie that Scooby-Doo Mansion is going to have this. And... But I also think traveling for, for us, we're still on the clock. We're still always absorbing... Yes. Well, what is? Oh, they got a they got an umbrella stand over there. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Does it rain on you? Does it rain? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, they got hooks. Oh, they got hooks. All right. Well, that's something. Like I, I just feel. But I don't like know I'm if we would have been that way if we hadn't gotten into this business. And I, I don't. No. Right. Like if I came out of no. film school and got another job and didn't end up on this path. I don't think I'd be shooting age jobs and weird, like no. in, in Abu Dhabi, that there's a weird Christmas tree in this cafe in, you know, <laughs> right. like March. Like, what? Right. Why is that still here? And why is it here at all? This is a Muslim country. You know? But it's all for our benefit as yes. decorators, this, this vernacular, everyday research of life that's hopefully someday we can put into a set yeah. and make it look real. Right. And I think, I, I don't know, I think that's one of the great things about traveling the world oh it is and you know even just traveling the united states it almost doesn't matter where you travel yeah you go to palm springs it's yeah, a different life it is and you're like what do you people all right and the architecture <laughs> yeah i love palm springs but yeah or santa barbara and also shopping like I, I try to make sure that when i go to these places like i did when we went to romania um well when i was there on my own that week they had a crafts fair in the middle of plaza and mm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm here. I went out to dinner. I didn't even know this event was going on. There's some singing going on on this stage, and they're singing some, some music. And, like, all these crafts were – and it was so many things that you were not going to see in the stores because these were the craftsmen that set up their little six-foot table and were right. selling stuff. So that I like to do that. I like to go shopping even – no matter where it is, like furniture shopping, like I tried to do uh, – Last time I went to Abu Dhabi, I did that too. I was like, I want to go buy some dishes because I saw stuff here. I've never seen that anywhere else. I want those dishes. Yeah. I just yeah. shove it in my luggage. I'm like, I, I couldn't bring the camel home. <laughs> the camel pictures were cool. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, when, when else do you get to like go to a camel market camel? and see hundreds of camels? That's crazy. Yeah. And did they sell them there? Was it an yeah. auction? Yeah. Oh I mean, you know, they knew I wasn't there to buy one because I looked like what I was, which was a tourist kind of taking pictures and trying to get them to get cute pictures with me. But, um, yeah, no, they're all for sale and everything just, you know, I mean, camels are both for meat and they're for travel. Milk? Yeah, milk. Yeah. Yeah, very odd tasting. Milk. Oh, I never. Yeah, I had camel milk chocolate. <laughs> it's a little gamey. It's gamey milk? Oh, no. I can't. Yeah. I can't really do. I can't. I don't really venture far off. <laughs> Cows. <laughs> Cows, chickens, pigs. It's basically my little my little world. But uh, yeah, now I always think travel. I've only I've done Europe. I haven't done Asia. Yeah. I just think it's it's so it's such a privilege to be able to like absorb those things and 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 be able to travel and and bring it back into our world. And for me, part of it also is using the camera. Like, I remember I was doing a uh, American Playhouse Theater in 
um, Minnesota, actually. And um, I, ha I was the art director. Was I? I was the assistant art director on that. And I had my own car because I was coming from California and we were there. And on the weekends, I would go out and just go exploring. And I would spend so much time just shooting photographs because that's, I don't know if I need any more, but I'll well, we'll just finish. finish the bottle. Yeah. Um, save some for you. Uh, because it also, later on, like ideas, like I remember shooting, we were in there in the fall and, you know, I'm not familiar with the Midwest and what grows there. And, right. And the seasons are completely different than what we get in California. And I'm a native Californian. And I remember just fixating on like these swampy uh, places because they had all these warm tones of like okra and then brown and then like this other kind of you know sienna color. I'm like, all this is growing in this little weird. I like spent day, uh, you know, because I've never seen it before. Yeah, but that's also the great thing about this digital photography. We could take a hundred pictures. Yes. And post them next week. Yes. Or uh, take a hundred pictures and I'm only going to use two. Right. The digital camera. I mean, even like you can't even fathom how many pictures I have of these babies. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. It's, it's like it's unhealthy. I think for parents at this point to have this access. Yes. Like, well, we well, don't you... have editing now. Like yeah. you know, I remember because again, when I was shooting this in Duluth, I I was shooting transparency, so I had a roll of thirty-five photographs, oh, wow. and then you'd shoot it and you'd go through thirty-five, you'd rewind it, put it, you know. And because I was very into transparencies then, because I was doing club shows, I was doing. Uh, uh, it's a great medium. Underground though. club shows, and I was doing these projection things, and any kind of like collagey thing I could do then, I would just turn it into something. And when were you doing that? Was that? That was in the late '80s, in the very early '90s. Yeah, I was involved in the, the downtown club scene. And you always have interesting artwork in the um, luncheon. Thank for the for auction, yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Always. You know what is interesting about that, and this is like one of those like ask and then it happens kind of thing, is that. Years ago, somebody, I don't know who it was, early SDSA said, let's have, you know, our decorators make art for the auction. And I was like, I don't have anything. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to make art. Like, why shouldn't I make some art? And, you know, have, and then now it became a thing of like, now I'm just trying to better myself. Like, yeah. well, each year. Do, I mean, yeah. You, you, you're one of the top, uh, I think, guests yeah. at the auction. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I was very proud of that, that, you know, people were bidding on my work. I Absolutely. thought, well, you know, and that was, it was sort of like circular where they asked me to do it. And then I said, yes. And then I kept wanting to do it because they had asked me. Right. You know, it was like, it was flattery. And then it was like, I, I had to like, you know. I feel like, I mean, I just feel like you're a staple in that auction. Like, where's, where, what did Don do this year? <laughs> Well, this year, I swear, I have to show you after we finish talking all the stuff I've been working on now during COVID. Oh, my God. I have sure. been working for two months just making art. Like, every day I get up and spend time in the studio. Oh, that's awesome. And it's really, I don't know if it's all good, but it, it, all, it, doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Years ago, someone asked me what my favorite movies were. And one of my favorite movies, and I had a lot of them, but, you know, yeah. over the years. But one of them, which was an obtuse movie, or I thought it was, was Interiors. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Watch it. So it's about a decorator, right? Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Which are, you know, they don't make enough movies about decorators as far as I'm concerned. So Geraldine Page plays this decorator. Oh. She's genius, of I course, it's Geraldine her. Page. And and um, she does people's homes, right? And she, and, and she does, part of the reason I, I, I didn't know this at the time, but part of the reason I loved it is because it spoke to me so much. She walks around and she's like 
tablescaping on just moving things the slightest amount and her kids you know she has like three kids or four kids and she's like comes to their house and she's just tablescaping as she's talking to them and she's just making it like like for what there's no shot or right. you know but I do home. that at home and, oh I do it at home too and then there was also this whole sibling sibling rivalry that was in it that was so accurate to me and and there were some things about it that was it like the 70s 70s movie yeah. and it was shot in black and white mm. So, you know, again, he decided to do that. And so that was also not necessarily a very Woody Allen movie. And so, and I still love that movie because the characters are very strong and it's not so, so much shtick. It was a serious yeah. kind of, you know, dark comedy. Kind of anti-Woody, but I'll check it out. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> There's enough big older media Woody, out there. Well, I'm an older Woody. Yeah, now I don't want, I don't really You know, that's a whole other subject, I too, know. is punishing people for their past actions. Because, you know, when you're bad actors, Wasn't that just fun? He is such a good guy, and I mean, above and beyond talented. And the amount of stories and the travels and, oh, just, I, I mean, needless to say, we kept talking and going for it. And um, just a wonderful interview. I, I hope that you got a lot out of that because he's also a teacher. I mean, he, he's taught classes on um, set decorating and I... I don't know. Just an incredible soul to to have uh, decorating these sets that you watch. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And seriously, check out that Instagram because not only does he have his beautiful sets on there, his amazing travels, his over-the-top creative pieces of artwork and kaleidoscope work that he does. There's also some squirrels. So houses for squirrels, miniatures, stuff like that. You, you got to check it out to see what I'm talking about. Again, it's Big Ideas, B-I-G-E-Y-E-D-I-E-R-S. I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Interested in seeing some of the sets that we actually talk about on this podcast? I've made some clips of some of these great interviews that we've done. And they're on the watch page of the DecoratingPagesPodcast.com website. Or just hit up your YouTube to Decorating Pages Podcast channel and subscribe there. That way you won't miss any of the clips that I'm putting together. Don't let summer float you by. Grab your Stogie Floaty now. Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Float. Available on Amazon, Etsy, and StogieFloaty.com.